Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 7th of May 2017. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. I just ate a hobnob. And Robert Kemp. What size was it? Larger than bite size. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bark, bark. It's a good reference that no one will know. No, in jokes. It's just putting a, a biscuit in your mouth, but a specific size of biscuit. Not hobnob size. I mean, I, mean, in, I in, think those hobnobs probably could be bite sized if you wanted to. That's I the thing. I wouldn't want to waste an entire hobnob in a singular mouthful. Hmm. You are you wasting it, do you think, if you do they're that? Yeah, dense. you do have to save them. Yeah, hobnobs are, are worth savouring. They're, they're, they're quite a quality biscuit. They're definitely more dense than your average, like, digestive. Are they even a biscuit? I don't know. What, you reckon they're a cake? No. Is this the biscuit versus cake? No, I don't think they're either. I think they're, like, they're just, like... Flapjacks. Yeah, Flapjack, but flapjacks are a sort of cake, right? They're, like, oaty, <laughs> no, aren't they? No, you're... No, okay. It's like, a hobnob is like a... a Cereal, like oat, oat cake. I guess that's the kind of cake. It's yeah, like a cake. I suppose is that a cake. <laughs> I don't think it's got really the worst cake of the day. Are flapjacks cakes, or are they just some kind of sweet treat? Well, according to the ingredient ingredients box of the hobnobs, they are oaty biscuits. So. Well, that's yeah. self-proclaimed as an oaty biscuit. What does a jaffa cake proclaim itself as? Does it proclaim itself to be a cake? as a cake? It's right there <laughs> in the name. <laughs> But when you actually go and look at the like, yeah, the, the t- title bar of the ingredients box is where uh, you have to go to find out what things really are. Oh, really? <laughs> that's where you, that's where, you where they have to say. Is there always a title thing on ingredients, or does it just start listing things? Um, not always. Not always. No. But I think like most of the time, because you'll look at that will be where where like you'll find the actual descriptive like the actual uh, yeah. description of what's in like chocolate yeah. or whatever. Where it's, like. If you've got mint chocolate, it's like, it would say like milk chocolate with mint pieces and then some number of percent of mint pieces or whatever. <laughs> like, that's true. where you find out the specifics. <laughs> I've just picked <laughs> up a box of peppermint creams. Uh, oh, hold on. So it says peppermint creams uh, on the front and it also says subtitle is dark chocolates with a peppermint flavoured fondant centre. But then additional title atop of the ingredients, right, which is the one we're talking about. Dark chocolates with a peppermint fondant flavored fondant center, sixty nine percent. Yep, there you go. So they've mirrored that. Does it say fondant or... twice in its description there, or did you just misread that? Peppermint flavored fondant center. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like dark flavored chocolate fondant, fondant or peppermint fondant <laughs> covered, covered in extra fondant. What even is fondant? I know what it is because I just ate a bunch of it. But... <laughs> It's just like mush. It's just mush. a fancy name for mush. Isn't, isn't it like a little sort of marshmallowy sort of? It's not marshmallows. No, it? but it's that sort of sugary mush. Yeah, sugary, sugary mush. mush. Yeah. Not really a cream. Not really a what's a solid cream? Like a more, a more solid. It's cream. pretty solid in this stuff. In these peppermint creams. It's, oh wait, so it doesn't like it, it's not possible it's not to use a fondant. Well, they might be old. Fondant like dries out, doesn't it? If you've had like, older old. things, they get kind of firm. Which part of the fondant mm. fancy is the fondant? Is it the little nipple? Sugary mush. That is quite mushy though. In a fondant fancy, isn't it? It's not hard yeah. like in in the peppermint cream there. No, I thought it was a little bit like the stuff they put in a tea cake. What's that? Is that fondant? No, that's Good. like marshmallow. That's yeah. marshmallow. It says marshmallow specifically on the ingredients. If right. you look at the tea cake, okay, uh, mm. so marshmallow cream or whatever. Apparently, I really can't tell the difference. Or I don't, I don't understand. How can you not tell the difference between marshmallow cream and fondant? It's like two, two totally different things. 
I, I, at this point, in t- I probably could. And a marshmallow, also a completely different thing as well. Marshmallow yeah. and marshmallow cream, not even really that close. Mm. I probably would agree with you if they're right in front of me, but like, and I was texting them. But right now, in my memory, that they both appear in the same category. That's sugary miss. What else has got? Like, what, what's the difference there? between fondant and nougat? <laughs> now yeah. you're getting into trouble. I so really I don't. don't know they're basically nougat. exactly. They're both just sugary mush. I don't even really know what nougat is or tastes like. Because nougat always the idea. Well, the word nougat, nougat, nougat put, puts nougat. me off things. But then I think Mars bar is like nougat, isn't it? Nougat, isn't it? Is it? Maybe the stuff in Your there. And I like Mars rough. bars. Oh my god! Windows Ten is trying to interrupt this podcast. <laughs> what? I heard a click, and then your screens went dark. It's Windows Ten trying to update, like a bitch. Your new Windows features are almost here. Let's review your privacy settings. <laughs> <laughs> your new Windows features are here. You're allowed to not tell us about them. Don't Microsoft understand that computers are used to do work <laughs> and like things that need. Yep. Well, yes, problems. that's why Paint 3D is in the update. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Vital, useful technology. I Can I use them. that with my um, HoloLens or something? What's that for? <laughs> well, it's it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because it's not really like a full 3D package of some kind, but it does make you sort of be able to manipulate things roughly in 3D space and little 3DFI some images so you can muck around with them a bit. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Wow, paint's come a long way. Except yeah. it really hasn't, mostly. No. <laughs> I watched a video of of speedruns getting fucked up by technical difficulties. And like 50% of them were Windows 10 doing an update and restarting the computer. <laughs> really? Yep. And then the, the other half were like, your dog jumped on your keyboard and <laughs> killed your emulator. <laughs> <laughs> so I did just click the remind me later button. just because just, <laughs> so Hopefully that will be more than two hours later. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. I haven't installed Creators Update on the 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 various the the current OS install that runs the podcast recording suite. I specifically installed a thing in Windows Seven to prevent Windows that Windows Ten update pop ups and all the when it was trying oh, to make what, you, you put it. like the anti GWX. Yeah, or something. I was yeah. like, get that in there so I don't even have to worry about accidentally doing it. Yeah, because <laughs> that stupid thing where clicking the cross. Like that the red X yeah. was actually a sign of agreeing at one point. Dark patterns, man. Yeah. Dark ass patterns. Shady business. Yeah, get that window shit out of here. Except not. <laughs> get get no more window shit than you want in here. Mm. There were some, some rumors that adverts were going to start turning up in various parts of File Explorer somehow. Well, there, was a, there are adverts for OneDrive if you don't turn them off. Oh, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an advert, no, no, well, no mean, matter how you slice it. The adverts, the, like, so, it would make more sense in like the tile view because that's basically like the Xbox dash. <laughs> and there's always space for adverts in, in squares. Just shove something in there that's not one of the things that you're actually using. <laughs> sure. What you mean, like, in the start menu thing? I guess I don't use yeah. the the giant start menu thing no use the i assume that's still there (laughs) i haven't checked the the, the smart tiles in the start menu are still there yeah um but apparently in the creators or i don't think it's in the creators update actually i think it's in the um it might be in the in redstone 3 that's coming later in the year supposedly 
that will be uh, the, the putting get this folders back to the start menu. What? It's just a list of apps right now, isn't it? Well, it's... I mean, not only that, they recently, or I don't know how recently, but they seem to have got rid of the words next to the icons, so all you have is icons uh, for things like documents and... Uh... Wait, what, where? Well, on my one, and I don't know how you expand it. Oh, I can expand it by clicking a hamburger at the top of my st- top left of my start menu pane, but by default, it just has the icons. And and of uh, course they're monochrome yeah. icons, which is amazing for um. Oh, for what you mean the, le- the 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 stuff on the left hand, the far left, like your power symbol and your... yeah, yeah, yeah. So things like oh, but music. that's the stuff you really need. Like... Well, I use that. I, well, I use documents and and music. Well, I used to anyway. I used to, and I used to use these buttons, but now it's like I I can't. But aren't they really clear icons for music being musical? Well, I don't know. They used to be. I mean, obviously it's a bed. Well. Obviously, it looks nicer when you're kind of looking at it, but like the colors in icons do help you like pick things out. I find it quite hard to tell the difference sometimes between monochrome icons at a glance, which is the whole point of icons is to identify something at a glance. I'm like, which which square is it? Is it the square that's meant to be like a a picture of some hills or something, but but monochrome, or is it the square that's like um, got a little tab, so it's meant to be a file? Or or a piece of paper with the with one of the corners folded down. I guess cog is fine and power is fine. The file explorer one's really the first, weird. The first my one only has three listed anyway. I only have. Like, oh, I've got a whole bunch of things over here. Yeah, I've got settings uh, and what do you call it? Because to be honest, for all that stuff, I want if I want to get to it, I Windows E and then yeah, you just it. search. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got like documents. that Windows E. You just pull up a file explorer, and then I know where to go. Well, my old Windows Seven. You just have you just have the big file-looking thing on the taskbar, and you hit that, and it opens the whole files and documents window, and then you can get the music and videos from there. No, yeah, because yeah, it's that too. higher level. Yeah. It's not like my documents. The the quick access, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only oh, thing no. that I find annoying about that is how I have to have in order to. I wanted that icon to go to my computer instead of that so I have to have my computer pinned in it in the right click pop out oh right you actually use the what do they call them the jump lists yeah only for really that and like a couple of other files that I go to a lot but <laughs> I just wanted my computer I don't want any like file explorer version of that I want straight old my computer with the hardest just, icons just show me the drives yeah <laughs> click on those things because I've got so many drives and like the network drives and things like that, yeah. that's a really good place for me. Because it's like I want to get to my music. It's like, oh, I need the M drive, which is my network music drive. So what have they renamed it to now? My computer is now this it's PC. Still my computer, or it might just be. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, this you're PC. right. This yeah, PC. This PC. Yeah. Genius. Which might not even be true if you're on your network drives. That's not technically that PC. Yeah. I guess, yeah, but they are mapped. But that meant that didn't make sense in my computer either. Well, no. <laughs> it should mm. be like drive root or something, but then that makes no sense to like casual Normal people. Yeah. Well, this is yeah, but I guess but casual people don't have network drives. <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess that's becoming increasingly common with like those my drive devices you just attach to your Ethernet. 
all like cloud storage if you've got it a literal network map. Oh, but the, but then that's OneDrive, right? OneDrive I just guess. appears as a as a document folder. Yeah. Can I remove this OneDrive thing? Uh, I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if you can. I think it, like a, a a good portion of it is actually baked into the OS now. Bastards! I've just got it. It's just a, that a might not, that might not be true. Yeah. Because the competitor to OneDrive is next to it. Like, I've got a Dropbox folder and it appears next to OneDrive. If I haven't got anything in OneDrive, and I, there's no way to remove it. Oh, well, never mind. Or okay. just use the space. You get a couple of gigs. Just fill it with some, <laughs> fill it with some stuff. Yeah. Well, can I? Okay. Use the classic Gmail technique. Yeah. <laughs> Infinite free accounts. <laughs> Let's use Gmail as a hard drive. <laughs> Hilarious plan. Anyway, Windows. Windows interrupting our podcast. It nearly killed us before we got started. Yep. Yeah. Good spot. What else is going on? <laughs> New. Oh, no. Already? Oh, no, you've got no <laughs> random. <laughs> kind of skipped over the whole random. Uh, I, thought that, I thought that's what you meant. You were saving up random from last time, even. Where are we? Hello. <laughs> well, I did have a tale of woe and trains. No, yeah, From well, time. I could tell because when I looked at the podcast, you'd written a blurb that was mysteriously about trains for some reason. Well, it's because it's, it's, it was to, it was because of we didn't we didn't say it. I thought I could write oh, something. You stuck it in the blurb, okay? Well, and you know, as usual, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> yeah, and as usual, Rob just needed words to go in a text box. Yeah, it's like I don't know. <laughs> don't uh, we all intru- introducing a podcast is hard, man. It's like like especially yeah, if you've done it 186 times. We've- Theoretically, those words probably should have something to do with what we talk about in the podcast, yeah, but then other that's... than just the title, which is just a mashup of <laughs> various things we talk about. Yeah, but then, the, but then there's, I always put well, the, the second paragraph as in this episode. Yeah, that's not even really. That's more like a tag list than a, like an actual kind of, but in, but, but in text, and I will occasionally throw a little joke in there, and yeah, and the nice random stuff. comments, and... dental hygiene. Or ears. Or ears, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had, I had a little Twitter fight with Greater Anglia. Anglia? Anglia. I keep saying Angular recently. Greater Angular. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning into Jake Goody. Um, like having, having a little Twitter fight with them over the, the ridiculous delay repay thing that they have. It's like, it's great that it exists, but it's terrible how it actually functions. Right? How does so it I was work? on a train journey to London, and we were... Uh, not the end of the world. I, I just want to clarify this. It's like I, I, I shouldn't really be being such a, such an asshole for thirty six minutes of delay. That's not too. That's not the end of the world. It's quite long on but a one and a half hour train journey. Sure, but it, well, it didn't involve a bus, mm-hmm. but it did involve a train cancellation and a mm. and a hop. Um, uh, yeah, so you know we're thirty six minutes late. You know, could be could be tracked. Blah 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 blah. Um, you could you could work it out. So we went through the um, the the automated process, whereby which you have to upload a photo of your ticket and give it all the details of what you were supposed to be on and uh, how, how you know, you know just a brief description of what happened and stuff like that. To which it very quickly came back and said, "Nah, <laughs> it's like you ain't got a claim. It's like I want, I want my fifty percent fare back." And it's like, okay, so so uh, there's an appeal system. So I went through that, and then that very quickly came back and said, nah. So like, on what I, basis? I know, Does it explain why? So n- the first time, no. Well, actually, right, okay, yeah, they did give you some information. The, the first time was basically like, we've calculated that you weren't delayed by more than half an hour, and I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, well, but you're getting close to the boundary, so. Yeah, admittedly, but still, 
there's a whole six minute there. And I like went through the calculate in the appeal. I sort of ran through the calculation for you. We were on a train. It then got cancelled and we were then put on another train that was itself late. <laughs> so, so it adds up to this much of a delay, you know, and then, um, so, but the second response I got wasn't like, Oh yeah, no, you're right. We'll sort that out for you. It was, we've got no evidence that the ticket that you have clearly got has actually been used because it hasn't been defaced in any way. Right. So, so uh, I then so, sent an angry email to customer services. Because uh, so it hasn't been defaced because the actual the conductor should have done the their job and come round, but they didn't. Yeah. So, so, so. I it, on that day, I, like you know, in all the train journeys I did, there was no conductors at any point basically that came and actually checked my ticket. And and but besides, Ipswich has like automated gates to deal with this. Liverpool yeah. Street has automated gates. It's like there's no need for the conductor on my route. Yeah, that's true. And uh, to be honest, I think they they sort of try and give themselves an easier job by not checking everyone when they know that you've got on it Ipswich. You know, it's. I think some of them are try to be smart like that. Yeah. Try. I suppose it's difficult on a big ass <laughs> train with lots of people, but you know that's what I think has happened. Anyway, give the conductor to you. Uh, but yeah, so I, so I then sent back what like back back uh, an email saying. Uh, <laughs> if it helps, I've attached a tastefully defaced version of the ticket <laughs> and basically in giant calligraphy pen wrote the word defaced all over it and then tore it in half nice. and sent that to them, which worked. <laughs> okay. That worked. I, I now have it. I now have got half my money back. <laughs> nice. So by conductors still like use a whole bunch, basically. Some of them do. Could you have just got some of them? Some of them just, <laughs> some I, I could have done, pen. but I wanted to make a point. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to do an over-the-top gesture to say "deface day." Um, yeah. So the 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 other thing, like a lot of conductors do, is they'll just get a pen and like draw a spiral. Right. Just sort of go wiggly wiggly all over it. It's like this. Like the some of them. Yeah. Yep. But it, like the bit that gets me is like, why does it matter whether or not a conductor looked at it or not? What do you, what do you personally stand to gain by buying a ticket and then trying for to a train that was late? Well, maybe if they're if they're suggesting that it wasn't used, maybe you could have somehow else refunded that ticket and then tried to claim the the delay on a journey that you didn't take. It, what? I guess that mm, yeah, I suppose that would be true of tickets that weren't for a specific train, which I guess this was. This was like a, a, a just a general peak ticket bought mm. at the thing. Yeah, maybe that's possible because you you could claim that it was on any any possible train, but then regardless of how the ticket has been defaced, that's no proof of what train you were actually on. Well, no, that part still doesn't make sense. But yeah, the part, part that they might that they want to prove that it's been used in some way even if their way of proving it's been used is dumb <laughs> yeah it really doesn't make any sense to me there's like there's no there's no benefit to this process of theirs like maybe if they had a very elaborate hole punch yeah like it made a tiny star or something yeah. <laughs> something that you can't just buy off the shelf at a stationery store and you know they made the automatic <laughs> gate do it or something yeah like some sort of physical mark or like prints a QR code onto it. <laughs> oh man, that'd be a bit hardcore. Well, really, there's only a limited amount of space case. on which they could actually print the code. I mean, like QR codes can be quite tiny if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you're relying on the. Well, I suppose, yeah, I suppose you could. Then you're relying on someone's camera being 
good enough to actually take a non-blurry photo of it. <laughs> well, that's their problem. Yeah. If you can't if you can't make a photo good enough to prove whatever, then you need a better photo taking advice. <laughs> Still, I won, and that's all I wanted to say. Okay, good. I won. I beat you. Stick it to the man. Good work. Lucky train. They do generally just suck, so any little victory is nice. You're getting new trains, aren't you, at some point? <laughs> you might as well say that about anything. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting new trains at some point in the, the 50 years of the future, maybe. One, They've one announced them, right? What they're going to be and when. Are they going to be trains? <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I think so. <laughs> okay, okay. Not as far just, as I know. Not just... Well, I suppose there could just be a room, right? Just an empty room that you walk into. <laughs> Doesn't move anywhere. No, you get out and then they say, you're in London now, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Attach right, an right. escape room. They just put everyone in an escape room for eight hours. <laughs> and don't tell you how to get out. And then Danganronpa happens. <laughs> No, it's just it's just a really long room that they just put on top of the railway, and then they just have signs that say like, "You need to you need to move down move down the train, move down the train." And you just happen to have walked to London <laughs> by the time you get off, get out the door. Just keep moving down, move down inside the cars. <laughs> Can we just have a hundred mile an hour travelator we jump on? <laughs> I suppose that's sort of what hyperlink yeah. is. That's yeah, basically what a train is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. <laughs> What right? What if right? The you, you basically had a, a series of like travelators. How do you get on a hundred mile an hour travelator? Do you just right, step onto no, it? I'm, I'm, <laughs> where Ron's going with this? I think I know where this idea is going. <laughs> you have a series of travelators next to each other, each of them increasing right, faster speed. So comparatively, so, they're yeah. all the same difference. Yeah, you step from one to the next, you're still okay. only having to account for that amount of speed. Difference. Yeah, so you're getting faster and faster and faster <laughs> as you walk towards the middle of these travelators. I'm not sure that would work. I have a feeling there'd be some other physics involved in speed. <laughs> well, wind resistance would well, yeah, become a that, problem. It, there might well, be quite a you. wide travelator railway because <laughs> if it yeah, was the, it would, it would the be width of wide. the current railway, you would, yeah. you would if you ran across it, you'd accelerate to 100 miles an hour. You'd have to be really very wide and then you'd probably have to have it double-sided as well. So right, so you don't you just, just fall off. Uh, well, or don't have a wall you just brush against and smear against on the other, when you get to the far side. They probably need a wall attached to the super fast travelator that also moves at the same speed. They need to make a small version of this that's at a theme park or something. For ants. (laughs) For ants. Yeah, for ants. (laughs) (laughs) Ant travelator. The the flea hyperloop. I won. Uh, other than that, I've got a new couch, which we are currently sat on. Oh, yeah. You've got more room. It's like halfway in the middle of the room because the old couch still exists. The old couch is still here, yeah. So I've got the, 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 it's behind the current couch. So, is that, uh, what's the verdict on the new couch? It's fine. It's fine. Oh, that's pretty good. Just, just far, well, I suppose by Zach commendation, that's it. Yeah, he would never say it's the most amazing thing my ass has ever caressed. No one would ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rob would. <laughs> 
but even really if he did say it, he'd only be saying it like ironically hyperbolic. It's not like anyone would actually literally say that and mean it. <laughs> I, could, I could write a legit, legit cat sofa review blog and then start running out of the words by which to describe my reviews and therefore come up with cruder and cruder references to butt comfort. You still have what your would you call that? poopy cushions. Well, poop, yeah, but they're not as necessary on this couch. No. Were they necessary on the other couch, really? For me, yeah, because <laughs> that thing was quite uncomfortable about them. Not for you. You seem to be perfectly fine being... Do you have short legs? That that is a thing, actually. And the first time Noam and I sat on this sofa, like we sat normally, and it's like well, my feet only just touched the ground. It's like it's it's flattened a little bit since we got it, like because the foam was quite firm and like tall when we first sat on it. But then Noam and I just sat there like kicking our legs, <laughs> <laughs> like kids. Dumb. Actually, if I got rid of these pillows, yeah, then you'd be too far back. Live shuffling. Yeah, there we go. Look. But it doesn't actually work because then your the bend of your knees doesn't interface with the edge of the ca- pillow correctly. No. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can be a child if I want, which is great. <laughs> That's just mm. a general statement, nothing to do with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does the cat think? The the, the cat, cat was, <laughs> the cat's not here right now, but the cat doesn't know where to sit currently. Right. Because you always used to sit on the arm next to me. But the, these arms are more rounded. They're not the square oh, no. seated sitting positions anymore. And I can't store Robert, which is a little bit irritating because it means I can't store Robert my remote control collection on them. Well, you'll have to get one of those <laughs> dangly bag things that go Oh, no, the those arms. are horrible, man. <laughs> those, those, those are probably the ugliest invention. Not that bad. So for dangle bags. Like grey. Dangle bags, yeah. So it matches. <laughs> dangle bags. <laughs> they're, don't get me wrong, they're, they're incredibly practical. But they just look horrible. Don't like them. Fair. It's like when you get those. Have you ever seen like those reclining couches that have like a? Um, for some reason, the remote control is attached to a curly wire. <laughs> it's no. like you've just bought this really lovely couch, but for some reason, the the control to 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 to, to turn the motor to make it recline. Oh, it's on, it's on like, like a, a telephone wire. Old, yeah, old style, right? And it's like, oh, you've just you just ruined this, haven't you? Because now you've got a, then they put a little crappy pocket on the side of the couch on which you can put but it. But you never it see it. But it, but it causes a lump in the side of your couch. Which you also never see. <laughs> Not when you're sat on it, I suppose. But... <laughs> well, and depending on which direction your couch faces, you might never, never see it. If it's, well, like no, it's against the wall, yeah. But like, <laughs> so, um, yeah. To me, that's dumb. You'd rather be inconvenienced than have things look slightly done. It's kind of the point of redecorating the room. Mm. <laughs> kind of. Make things look better. At the cost of convenience. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, that's the entire nature of this house. Everything is put in the most convenient way possible. Be inconvenient. <laughs> My house isn't that well. No, oh, the house. The house. The yeah. house itself is fairly inconvenient for what, how we use it. Uh, like switches behind doors and it, all yeah. those classics. All, the, all those modern design dumbnesses, D- dumb, dumb, dumbities. Are we called dumbities? <laughs> yeah, but but you know we, we've laid it out in the way that is most practical for our way of living, given the crapness that we deal with. And the stuff we have. Sometimes. Sometimes. All right, come on. 
how could we? How could? How would the uh, school of Zach, Zach run, the, run, run the efficiency? Well, we already talked about this several times on this podcast. With the right. whole the long cable situation for the TV and like how you have like because of where the sockets are in this room, there's a, it's a constant trade-off between which bit of technology you want closest to what so- socket. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I mean that's still the house's fault but yeah it's not a trade-off there, there could there, possibly there, you, be better ways to do it still even in, in this situation it's not a trade-off it's like you either put the device where you want or you run a cable <laughs> or both I, I think you meant those are the same yeah, thing yeah, <laughs> you yeah. meant one of those opposite yeah <laughs> I did I was hoping you wouldn't notice <laughs> right I think it might be time for news <laughs> yeah unless there's any kitchen bitching it's been a while our kettle still sucks. <laughs> Does your dad still have that lumber yard? No. No? That was like a one-year thing. Okay. They basically got rid of all the wood out of it. And then there was no, 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 there was no wood to lumber. I only bring that up because I now know people who would, who would have been interested in acquiring some wood. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Too yeah. Got sold. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Random. News! What we got? What should we talk about first? Um, let's see. Well, the most obvious one, shall we? Let's do the 2DS. Go on. Uh, yes. <laughs> Is that the most obvious one? Well, because it happened immediately after the last podcast, pretty much. 2DS okay. XL. They basically made a new 3DS and took the 3D out of it. Okay, so is this actually like, because the previous 2DS was obviously for, you know, parents buying it for children on a lower budget or whatever, or just general lower budgeting, whereas this one, it's like, well, quite a lot of people don't actually have the 3D switched on, and this kind of just looks like a, you know, it's got everything else you would want, so maybe Mm. it's the one to go for because it's cheaper? I don't know. That, is, that does seem to be the thing. And, you know, the build quality looks nice, and the black and blue color scheme is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, so maybe like... they don't care any longer, but, like, you're running into, like, the PlayStation versus PlayStation Pro situation where it's like, now no one's going to bother developing 3D. <laughs> sure. I yeah. mean, not that anyone's really making games for the 3DS at the moment, but now there's even less reason to go through that hassle. No, yeah, and Ninty have officially killed the 3D by doing this, I guess. But Do you think? But, they have but 3D in all their really games, that. though, right? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. All Ninty's first-party stuff has fully supported it, and a, yeah. the vast majority of the third-party stuff has supported it in some way. Yeah. I can't see that stopping just because of this. Do you think? I can't well, see Nintendo putting out a 3DS game without You might, You 3D. might be right, but the bigger question is... Uh, as this is announced and released, it's like, oh, is the 3DS just done still? That whole question still hangs. It's like, are they? did they just have this in the works anyway, regardless of the Switch? Is there actually more software coming for DS? I still don't think that the Switch can replace the 3DS, so... I'm, so I'm, I think I'm moving more in that direction. I, I, is the thing. I can't remember what my old stance was. But my current stance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving in a direction that probably wasn't what my previous <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I think. I think I was more the switch is gonna murder it, right? The switch is yeah. the one thing Ninty does and therefore yeah. consolidates their platform. But yeah. But I'm not sure I'm I'm I think I'm with you now. I'm not sure that's true. I think they will mm. keep the 
at least vaguely. But God damn it, that means we're never going to get Pokemon on the Switch. Yeah, <laughs> that is the possibility. They are, are developing that, though, aren't they, yeah. clearly? So, well, so. Theoretically, still. Still, up, still not officially announced, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably happening. I mean... I we had a sort of name for it, didn't we? As well. <laughs> well, theoretically. Was it Pokemon Stars? Yeah, that yeah. was the rumor. That's been that's a well old rumor at this point. That was like way that was way before the switch even came out. So yeah. That was a rumor. It was before Sun and Moon came out, I think. Well, that. it was about the same time that yeah. Sun came out. Well, that might not be this year. I mean, it might be if it is a like a version of Sun and Moon, like like we suspect it was. Then it then should it, be quick. Then it should but... be this year, yeah. But I mean, they've they've already got like Mario for the for the Christmas time. So. <laughs> I don't think you can just say that and just be like, oh, well, they've got one game and therefore they shouldn't release any other games, especially because it's like... Yeah. Well, it's sort of work with Zelda. Company, <laughs> not necessarily Nintendo. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's That's hard to I don't think I don't think Nintendo will hype it as much because it is technically a re-release, yeah, right? Exactly. So I don't think they'll they'll give it quite as much of a, uh, a foreshadowing as they have with like Zelda and Mario. Hmm. And the fact that if 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 it's the, if we believe that it's going to come out this year, that's already kind of late to be foreshadowing it because yeah. we're already getting several months into this year, and there's a lot of like, you know. This point, uh, by this point, it is a little late for Nintendo. I mean, maybe they'll just come out and say say to be free. Yeah, that would be like the one thing where we'd be like, and yeah. here comes Pokemon on the Switch, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, that'd be good. The sort of, oh, and one more thing, thing, you know. Uh, I don't think they'd waste a one more thing thing on it. You reckon? No, it's not, it's not, not a big, big enough. enough thing to be a one more thing. Although, who knows what Nintendo has that is a big enough thing for a one more thing. I'm I sure mean, theoretically, one more things are meant to be the surprises that no one actually knows. And therefore, we shouldn't know what they are going to do. And one more thing. More Amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> How available... It, it, all, all our previous Amiibo are now re- being re-released, but at twice the size. You've got about half the size. What, mi- mi- Minibo? Mini Amiibo. Mini- <laughs> yep. Then you could carry them around easier. I'd be on board for some Minibo. That's, that's not a bad idea. I didn't realise that... Like, there's a lot of Amiibo. Like, it's obviously clearly yeah. very successful. Like, I didn't think they'd go this far with it, you know, having all the licenses for everything. But, I mean, clearly it's pretty killer. Well, as I, I, I'm, I mean, the jury's still out on the practicality of having them as, you know, well, the, 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 the toys to life element of them, I suppose. You know, the, the, what you gain out of them because from the for game. for some reason, still no one's actually done anything with that, really. Not, yeah, yeah. Mostly just they? toys. Yeah, yeah. It's not like and, Skylanders you know, the, quite, is it? Or, or even no, like... and and the memory that's inside them is limited to the point where it's like you can't actually store practically anything on them. So yeah. using them as a full-on save device, it, it stops yeah, you from doing what you probably yeah. need to do with them. Um, but uh, but as just as nice collectibles, nice figurines, an official Nintendo figurine series, yeah. if you just take that part on their own, Pretty cool things. Yeah. I like them. I like the ones I have anyway. I've got like three of them. Only three. I'm not like a crazy person. Right. That's the 2DS. Another ninty news. Uh, well, there's Zelda DLC. Should we talk about that? As Zelda fans, I think you should. Zach, have you seen this announcement? <laughs> yes, I saw the announcement. 
Awesome. So, not exactly the announcement announcement. I saw an image that told me what was in the announcement. <laughs> and so I was like, that's sufficient information. So what we got, a few things, right? Rather than, yeah. it's not really clear that there's like new like shrines or story content. I don't think there is, is there? This is DLC 1, no. though, right? So this is well, just this like... This is the first... It's 1 and 2, I think, they've announced. Oh, I didn't, oh was it? Was this, was this both? No, I thought this was just... Everything that we knew about was just the first half of the pack of two. That's what I. That's what I heard. Because you you can't buy just this pack, can you? You have to buy the opt-in pass to both of them. I thought this was one and two, and they hadn't announced anything for free. Hmm. Not sure. Anyway, what you get in this one is right. Unless one is the the update you were talking about, where they added the switch T-shirt. Is that what you mean? No, no, no. That's just a patch, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. You've got Trial of the Sword, right? So it's like a, you know, horde mode type thing. 45 rooms of enemies. Not 100, as we were discussing from um, a Thousand Year Door style. Yeah, but it will like... Tri- oh, yeah. Zelda. That was, that was yeah, Twilight which, Princess. Yeah, that was in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that powers up the Master Sword if you get through it. Um, I don't Whatever know that if that means. allows you... Well, apparently it makes it always powered up and glowing. But I don't I know if it that... stops its cooldown or because it has some yeah. sort of cooldown, doesn't it? Yeah. Does it allow you to use it on normal enemies and not, um, not have that, you know, issue where it becomes unusable for a while or whatever with a cooldown? I don't know. Uh, that will lessen the effect. But the glowing <laughs> thing has like another purpose. Like the whole reason you have the glowing thing is so you can detect when. That's what it is. Yeah, so you can detect yeah. things. Yeah. And if it glows all the time, you won't be able to do that any longer. Also available is the Hero's Path, which is like a, just a name for a menu option that gives you a, a a trail of where you've been over the past 200 hours, which seems pretty cool. Yeah, um, it, 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 that actually seems reasonably useful yeah, like if you're I want struggling that. to figure out where you have or can't remember where you have and haven't been. I don't think, yeah. I, I don't think I'd want like a lot of uh, the exact line. I don't know, maybe some kind of like... Oh, it's good. It'd be kind of difficult to to like show on a map, but I'd always like a, a kind of thing that showed me what I looked at, like what was in <laughs> my field of view. But then you'd have to like have it detect like how far away things were from your field of view to be like you looked at this, but not very closely. So maybe you should go closer. Well, you'd have it. Could you do it like as a heat map to be like yeah. you spent a lot of time looking at this particular bit of ground? Just having a line doesn't necessarily mean that you actually saw everything there. Like you could have easily walked straight past something because you were looking in the opposite direction as you walked two feet away from it. That's probably like a million <laughs> times more data points to store as well. Yeah, though. I mean, not very. It's just not that bad, I guess, because it's like it, yeah, you just the map is the map, right? Like you just segregate it into rough squares, I yeah, guess. I guess. Your algorithm would just increment those squares over time. But I mean, but then the scale would probably have to change the more you play the game, right? But I don't get too deep into this. Yeah, I don't think a line would even like when I tried to like explore an, a new area thoroughly. I was just like, you just you can do if you're a human being with a brain, you can just do that. You look at the map and you'd be like, I need to follow this route more or less and then I'll cover all the terrain. You don't like a line isn't gonna help you that much afterwards. It might. It's a long old game. Well yeah, but, like if you're going back to an area that means you didn't do it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
that's certainly true of a lot of areas I've been in. So I'm sure I didn't do them right. Nope. 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 Sounds like Dan just got disconnected again. Yeah, we did have issues before <laughs> going online that Dan might 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 drop. He's still connected right now. Yeah, but that's just fake connection. It has fake to ping him and realise yeah. that he's gone. No timeouts yet. No. Oh well. Yeah. No, he's back. Oh, yeah. Hello. He returns. Yeah, it, it Not didn't quick actually, enough to dis. To DC. Didn't actually DC me. Anyway. Yeah. Um. DC. And they're also putting in like a hard mode. Uh, with like raw hardcore enemies, I guess. Tougher, yeah, yeah. It makes the bad guys regenerate their health and stuff, and they're all powered up a level. Like, um, how fast can it make them regenerate their health that it will matter? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if you're fighting an enemy, you're hitting them so you're hitting them continuously. Like, there's very rarely a case where you're hitting one enemy for a minute and then you change target to a different enemy. Yeah, no, I agree. Apparently, mm. there's like hidden treasures floating in the sky in that mode or something. Yeah, I did read that. It's quite weird. That, Does that mean? But is that sp- sp- treasures especially for those that like? Well, in this make, screenshot, make the crazy flying things, the, the raft, the airship raft. <laughs> there seems to be. You can use the glitters. Yeah, well, they're not glitters, aren't they? The, the, the airship raft is just a, an abuse of the physics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, well, yeah. I, yeah I took all that and then there's this travel medallion thing where you can register a fast travel point wherever you want in the world. Uh, to, and you can warp to there. Which I'm sure will be useful for harvesting dragon parts. You think? I mean, yeah. when I harvest the dragon parts, there's some shrines that you can use that are in appropriate locations where it's only like a couple of minutes to run to the right location just before the dragon gets there. And it's like, oh, that's sweet. But if you just had, could set up an even closer one, it'd be much quicker. Mm. I suppose you just have to wait to the right time of day, right, to warp to that point. Yeah, I, I eventually worked out a route where I could do all three dragons one after another in one day, so it was the quickest way to do it. Cool. I still haven't managed to harvest any dragon pass. I don't really understand what you have to do yet. Shoot at the head, I guess? I don't know. Well, there's that. There's the one shrine quest that tells you. Oh, is there? Oh, I need to get that one. I don't know where that is. I'm sure I'll find it sometime. Right, cool. Uh, that's Zelda DLC. Oh, and also they added in in a patch, they added dual audio finally. So I switched to that. Japanese voices, or whatever you want, language voices, uh, with English subtitles. Or, or whatever, vice versa. The thing is, the actual, all the stuff about the English acting being bad kind of makes me want to just play it in English and enjoy the bad. You should. Yeah, go for it. Because that a, sounds funny. It is quite funny, but the thing is that everything, everything else in the game is so great that it's a bit jarring um, to have one thing that's a bit weird. Mm. Um, I think it's that jarringly weird compared to some other things that are weird in that game. <laughs> Random bits of weirdness occasionally turn up in that game. Yeah, that's certainly true. Like, what? Well, well, what's a good example? Just like several of the of the actual, I guess what you'd call like main NP main storyline NPCs, mainly the two professors. They're both incredibly weird, and that's Great. not because of voice <laughs> acting. They're just like <laughs> the actual text is still weird. Yeah, yeah, I like those guys. They're, they're meant to be weird. They've got like weird music. Well, yes, they're meant to be weird, and that's what 
you know, they succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdness occurs. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Uh, right, what else have we got? Um, do you say something, Rob, about some kind of Mario Cross Raging Rabbits game? Yeah, so Kotaku supposedly have an insider source who says that they're they're and, and provided Kotaku with production assets that seem to suggest that a Raving Rabbit cross Mario RPG game is a real thing. Isn't it, isn't like, it's happening. What sort of RPG? Don't know. Like, like when they say Mario RPG, do they mean literally like Mario, like Mario Luigi? <laughs> do they mean like Paper Mario, or do they mean just generic RPGs? I don't know. Well, Paper Paper Rabbids. Do you reckon? <laughs> it wouldn't make sense in any of those, really. <laughs> it's like I don't think the rabbits have ever been low enough resolution to go in a Mario Luigi game. But <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what they. What, what, what choice would you have? The rabbits have a style, and that style is almost like doesn't it has, seem to fit with Mario and Luigi. Well, it has to be polygonized, right? Well, yeah, it has to be. I mean, I, it could. I mean, maybe it could not be actual Mario. Like maybe the rabbits could get involved in some some part of the Mushroom Kingdom, like the universe. Uh, so Kotaku does publish some. I I I didn't. I'd forgotten this from when I read it, but I've just looked it up. They did. So there are three details here. Are you ready? Turn-based okay. combat. <laughs> so it's an RPG. So it's an RPG. Yeah. yeah. Two-player local co-op play. Somehow. Uh, well, that could mean that could mean just point at the screen and collect star bits. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that could mean everything. Um, and a goofy sense of humour. Those well, are no <laughs> shit. It's got rabbits in it. <laughs> yep, those are the three bullet points we know. Um, oh, but Kotaku add the art that we've been shown features Mario and crew wielding guns and shooting laser beams. Right. In what context? <laughs> this is like Mario Party Two, where they go to space. They sort of become they? space dudes, and will feature eight playable characters. Uh, four of which are Mario characters. And four of which are rabbits? <laughs> dressed as Mario characters. Okay. But then that means, like, real characters. That's just kind of weird. It just doesn't seem to fit. Like, Mario isn't, like, goofy. <laughs> I mean, occasionally it's kind of silly, but not, like, rabbit silly. So... The, the name is also called Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, supposedly. Okay. Mario plus Rabbids. Plus Rabbids. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Sure. Basically, Nintendo are running out of ideas and getting other developers to make Mario games. Well, maybe. So they're concentrating on their own bloody proper Mario game. They have one Mario game, yeah. Yeah. Only need one if it's good. If it's just anywhere near as good as Zelda, it's going to be awesome. You only need one. Except they didn't stop. Right, what else? Our uh, generation was the one where they couldn't stop. I suppose that's true. Sonic Forces footage. Yep. Green it's Hills. Some, they've shown us some classic Sonic footage, and it's, yeah, the Green Hills zone uh 
So Zach and I differ on opinion on this one. I think it looks all right. It looks very much like Generations to me, except they've upped the graphical fidelity. So and not. You know, there's, there's grass and it moves. You actually look at the side-by-side video, you'll see that while the graphics are better and there is grass and it moves, the actual level design is, like, way worse. And, like, well, basically, they got rid of all the fancy stuff in Generations. Like, you know how Generations, even in the 2D something, it would occasionally change camera angle or do a, like crazy spiral for a minute sure. there's none of that in the forces one it's just straight 2d the whole well, time well in fairness we don't know if that's just a single because it doesn't seem to be that long either because it's an entire run <laughs> it's about the same length as the generations run through they side mm. by side it with sure, but yeah <laughs> uh, i guess i guess we don't 100 percent know and you know there's other roots on that stage and things like that well, but, sure. but they want surely they want to show off the interesting thing or and, like the main route that everyone's going to see and, what I mean, and, and the other thing i was going to say we don't know if they're going to go for the single act formula i guess like per zone I, I, i'm always hoping this this is like some kind of really dumb bait and switch where this is the only classic sonic level something else that would be really bad but pretty funny <laughs> yeah it's also sort of in contrast to what we'd seen from the modern Sonic stage, right? Yeah. Like, it's green. It's, it's it, green. It's, it's green hills. It's not but on fire. Sand, I mean, there's, there's something going on. Hmm. Something's getting fucked up in the distance. In maybe, <gasps> maybe this is the thing. Maybe it's a... The, the concept of the game is a zone mashup, right? So they take two zones and well, they're yes, somehow I getting... That seems likely. That's <sighs> good going. Except not, really, because this green hill zone that they showed is just green hill zone. And it mm-hmm. does yeah. appear to be a complete level, more or less. Yeah. Still, looked all right to me. We'll see how it pans out over the course of the whole game. But, but what, what happens with the third character? What plays? Yeah, who is the mystery? Th- have we talked about that before? Yeah, yeah the mystery funny. third character. Like, what? What, what playstyle is he going to have? Silver. <laughs> well, it's, like, no, it's no use. It would be like. The logical is like if you've got 2D Sonic and then you've got what you call 3D Sonic, but that's basically just 2D but with a 3D camera. <laughs> oh, guess. wow. What you mean, like Sonic 3D Sonic? Well, no, I mean like an actual 3D Sat- platformer. No, what if it was Saturn Sonic, right? And it's for some reason low poly Sonic. <laughs> it's not going to be low poly. <laughs> um, that would be the most ridiculous, like, generations where they're like, oh, classic Sonic and, oh, and modern Sonic meet up and they don't recognise that they're different because they just, they don't perceive the difference in in their view. No, okay. And then, like, low poly Sonic comes in and is like, oh, there's another Sonic. I can't tell any difference between these three Sonics. <laughs> and the other two are like, you're way different, mate. <laughs> That'd be really funny. But the, um, no, it's got to be Sonic Boom Sonic, right? <laughs> I really hope not. Just bandages and scarf on it. No. Just just rocks up and be like, you don't know how bad it gets. <laughs> the future, it's terrible. There's like snake dudes in spacesuits. And, you know, I'm bandaged up. And maybe we get to learn why he's bandaged up. It doesn't look like another Sonic, though. It looks like a different species. Oh. Sticks. <laughs> Sticks the badger returns. But yeah, the gameplay style for that is just like, what is there left? Just straight 3D platforming would be the obvious one that they don't have, I guess. Shovel Knight. It's a Shovel Knight cameo. Clearly not. (laughs) Shovel Knight's in everything. Side Forces. It could be okay. (laughs) Apart from its weird sort of like Russian Russian ass logo. 
Oh, well. It's a little comedy. It's always Sonic Mania. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one we care about. But that's going to be too expensive. <laughs> what? You reckon? You reckon it'll be like a full... What, what's the price <laughs> I reckon it'll be too expensive for how much content there is, regardless of whether that means there's a lot of content and it's a full price game, or there's not so much content and it's not a full price game. That's pretty much the, the Sonic mantra, though. Yep. It always right. has been. What? Bad it somehow feels money. worse when it's a... When it's a Old, like old school style 2D game. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Even yeah, though yeah. it's fancy and modern and new and like awesome graphics, awesome pixel graphics, it's still like there's going to be seven zones and there's going to be two acts per zone. It will still feel like a rip <laughs> to <Yeah>. some extent. <laughs> yeah, they, they always are. Even, even they never seem to have like just expanded the formula in a meaningful way, right? Like I suppose it's hard to build decent levels that that number of decent levels, but. Well, sure, but you think the majority of the work is making the tile set, and then you can just like throw them into them. <laughs> the level design theoretically should take as long. Maybe. I mean, there was, you know, there was Sonic Advance 3 where there was three acts per level. They went back to that. Gasp. Yeah, they haven't done that since Sonic 2. Actually, that's probably like, there's probably some game there since then that's got, had three acts. Well, it depends whether you count free acts as in like free real acts or like whether the ones that have boss acts are sort of <laughs> actually acts or not. I guess that sort of counts yeah. Like Sonic CD. Sonic 1 I guess in that case was the only one that had like a full on third act. What about the Game Gear? That had free right? Uh, Yeah but most most of the time the third act was a boss act. Boss act. Mm. Oh yeah, I remember. Back in the GG. <sighs> I think, did I talk about that two weeks ago? Yeah, okay. I played yeah. those. Yeah. GG Sonic. Okay, that. News. That, that's what else we got? Yeah. Uh, we have Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm 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 less hype about it than I was. Me too. Because <laughs> that that trailer is. Uh, it's not as creative as anybody. Re- I mean, they're just revisiting, right? No, it's exactly. Like, they're even like, doing like every- the um, the beach assault from Medal of Honor Allied Assault again. But it's not even a different beach assault. No, it? it's the same one. It's Omaha Beach, isn't it? Like yeah. we had that in in um, Saving well, Private Ryan. We, that's what we speculated. Yeah. I know. Yeah, just like, <laughs> but it's disappointing. But the kind of clips they're showing of like what's going to be the story stuff or whatever, it doesn't sort of. From what I could see from those little clips, for me, it's not like fitting the. I don't know. It's not fitting the, the time, period. I don't know. Oh right, well you mean the story, the storytelling and the and the, 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 the feeling of the characters is a bit anachronistic. Yeah, I think so. Just the way the characters are talking seems a bit off compared mm. to like even compared to, like films like like Band of Brothers or Saving Private Ryan style. Obviously, they're right, they're yeah. they're in the army and they're not talking super formally or anything but it just seems a bit i don't know anyway not so i'm not time. yeah not not excited about the what looks like the story of it but, um, but clearly the way that they succeed like the one thing that matters in that entire entire trailer is right the, the end, end it just it goes by far the best part is at least they realized the importance of that ching sound and they yeah. put that front and center i mean that was the one thing that made me think this is really that actually is good 
Is it because I was making me think? Is that just us that think that, or is that a generally <laughs> known thing? Or no, I, th- I think I think the Garand is quite. I think it's quite like you know revered for it for its satisfying ping. It's a Garand, isn't it? The M one. Yep. The M one Garand. Yeah. I mean, like in in the description of it in the Gungeon, it's like this is the quintessential rifle ladder, and it's like, well, like the AK has a similar description where it's like. The those two guns specifically legendary. have very legendary descriptions suggesting things about yeah. how good they are. Yeah. Well, I hope they get that gun right for the multiplayer because that would be. If you can, you do that like mutators and just it'd be quite fun to be just a whole round of just M ones. <laughs> I don't know actually. The cod's never been. No, it's not that style. Big is on it? that. I know it does. I mean, it does have custom the ability to set custom games. I think, but. You know, but for for invite only stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I'm hoping. For I, I don't even know if they'd let you modify it that much. I mean, this will be the <coughs> the main thing that's interesting about this. I guess is like we we we'll finally get to see what happens when someone tries to just make a World War Two game again. Because mm, like yeah. we thought Battlefield One might be it, but that wasn't. That was just regular ass modern shooter, but with a World War One skin. <laughs> Well, this yeah. is going to be that too. Yeah, but not really though, because they're not like going. They're not trying to do like Battlefield One did, where they were like, "We'll take World War One, but we'll make it fanciful and like, it's, <laughs> it's, like it's not Very. actually trenches mm. <laughs> for the majority of the time." Yeah, so we'll, in this we'll case, make it Battlefield. We'll make it World War One, but with a lot more fighting. Yeah, with like actual battles, not <laughs> just standing around and getting gassed. <laughs> well, that wasn't going to be entertaining, yeah. But yeah, like World War Two is already just generic fighting. Yeah, and like they can't like amp that up very far. And if they're going to use like real guns, and because like that was the other thing that was that Battlefield One did, where they used all the secret like fancy guns that didn't actually really get used. Mm. <laughs> but they're like, we need machine guns, so we're going to find all these prototypes that never actually got used that much. Yeah. Just so we can stick to the modern shooting formula. Yeah, they won't have to do that. And, you know, there won't be any jetpacks or, like, exoskeletons. Drones. what Call of Duty's been doing for the yeah. last... Sure. There'll be the movement stuff will go, which will be... I think that, that's actually, in a weird way, that's probably the most interesting thing about this, is how they sort that out and then how the multiplayer fits into this. Yeah, exactly. That, that, is, that in a weird way, is like I want, I want to see them go back to that and what can they make of it. And it's um, that'll be the test of like, do people care? Because <laughs> it's Sledgehammer's year as well. Let's not forget. And they were Sledgehammer, yeah. Of the last few Call of Duties, they may have been the most innovative, right? To to to, to are do. they the B team they or the A team yeah. or the C team? Uh, well, yeah, like yeah, the no one really knows. No one really knows anymore. Because <laughs> no. you know they were the guys that introduced these new movement things to Call of Duty last time. Yeah, you know, the exosuit was their attempt at we need some Titanfall in this. Yeah. And they did a pretty good job of it, um, and made it different. It wasn't just Titanfall, whereas Black Ops Three was. It's a, this is a bit more Titanfall, um, but not as good as Titanfall. <laughs> so you know, I, I'm intrigued to see what they come up with. This is their proving. This is their difficult second album. Really, it's like this is this is how they really prove themselves. Yeah, but not really, though. I don't think because it's not like this is. <laughs> 
because of the way it's going back to World War II, it's not like it's just the follow-on. It's like it's a new game, always, because you're not just taking the Call of Duty formula and iterating on it as much. Sure, but I guess it, this is what I mean. It gives them more room <coughs> to be... to put their own stamp on it, because, well, it it, because all... they don't have to build on what they've done before. Sure, but it also like limits what they can do. They can't just make ridiculous exoses and jetpacks That's out sure. of nowhere and just like invent a story reason for it. No, but what I, I guess what I mean is... like. At least on the multiplayer side, they'll probably have to rethink some of how the you know the loadout system, for instance, has worked over the last few years. They're going to have to come up with new ways of perhaps what the uh, you know the, what the kill streak well, bonuses yeah. actually are, because they can't be ridiculous drone strikes. You know? Yeah, yeah, probably just <laughs> very targeted artillery. Yeah, <laughs> pigeons. Yeah, exactly. Killer pigeons. Well, that would be the UAV equivalent. <laughs> Yeah, deploy the vision, and then people will just appear on the mini map, which for some reason also exists. No, the map will just get surrounded by dudes with binoculars that the enemy team can then go and kill. <laughs> Suddenly, just dudes with binoculars are standing. Yeah, it, it could be really interesting, but we'll see. As as with everything I've said thus far, but we'll do see. people care? That's the question. I mean, I sort of care right now, I, you know, because I'm not sure yeah. if I care. Like, yeah, I don't mean you, I mean, like, the people who normally play Call of Duty. Yeah, I, I see what you mean, right, yeah. Like, do, do the Call of Duty fan base want this? Yeah, in any way. Yeah, I good mean, question. Or uh, or are they, have they even at this point managed to get burnt out on Call of Duty being the same over all the time? <laughs> well, this is the least the same. Well, that's I what I mean. Other than it's the same as where it started. <laughs> yeah. But- Interest. It is interesting, if nothing else, that they felt it was the time to do this. Mm. It's probably smartly see. so, actually, you know, given Black Ops 3 was a bit tepid. Maybe that mm. was... Sledgehammer must have been working on this from day one of finishing the last one. But Well, maybe called, maybe, maybe uh, we're just hoping, like, they saw Battlefield 1, well, so they saw what Battlefield was doing, and they were like, well, shit, Battlefield's well known for being World War Two, so surely their next game is going to be World War Two. So we'll have to get in there first. <laughs> we'll steal the World War Two thunder in the modern age. When would we have known about that? When would they have known about Battlefield One? I guess is yeah. <laughs> I well, guess we don't know. The well, I guess. I guess. How problem. long does it take to make a Call of Duty game, really? <laughs> mm. If you've already got this engine that you've probably been using for quite a while, I imagine. And actually, in this time, you're probably taking a lot of it out. Yeah. <laughs> you have a gun physics engine where it's like, <laughs> the bullets come out this fast. <laughs> they probably don't have a lot of assets they can reuse, though. Well, no. In this one. I guess you do. Like, not, even, like, not even just ground and yeah. environment textures. They probably can't really. No. They probably don't have a lot for that. <laughs> a lot of stuff from space that doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of cityscapes and... Things that they can't use. No, we'll see. Modern tarmac. But yeah, they they clearly tried to steal Battlefield's World War Two thunder by going back to World War Two first. <laughs> hmm. Probably sensible. <laughs> Do you reckon we'll see Battlefield Two? I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense at this point, right? <laughs> Battlefront and Battlefield Two is a tooth attack. <laughs> Kill the twos. And I'm just showing bad company too for the hell of it. 
Of course. Or, or, or maybe maybe this will be the time for Battlefield to, to flip it and do the Call of Duty thing and go to space. Actual space, space battlefield. Space battlefield. Or actual what, future battle. Twenty one forty three. Oh, no, more than that though. Going on. That's like actual problem. future. <laughs> What do you mean, actual future? Like, well, 21 4 was like, had conventional weapons and stuff. It wasn't actually that futuristic. Other than the tanks hovered. Yeah, that was like the one thing. And there was a mech. But Halo's got yeah. shotguns. I mean, is that not futuristic? But then they also have the Needler. Yeah. The, yeah, the humans have true. shit weapons. <laughs> and yeah, they're yeah. well known for being shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're some of the more effective guns, like, or as effective guns. All the guns are effective. Yeah, they're all the same, yeah. for gameplay reasons. But people in the universe regularly comment on like how the human weapons are so generic and kind of not great. Yeah, how, uh, yeah they haven't progressed past, <laughs> past brute force. Yeah. Cool. What else oh. we got? Rumours of Bayonetta 3, maybe? These are are all that rumors. Yeah, these are really spurious, to be honest. But there's a lot of these ARG type rumors. Yeah, but it's not unknown for Platinum to do things like this, though. Um, So, hot on the heels of the Bayonetta one PC release, this all got this all got kicked off by uh, recently they released a super tiny patch for Bayonetta, um, the Steam version, that mysteriously added an image of uh, Sam, who's the main character from Vanquish, as like a little avatar icon um, into the game. And it's like, why would they do this? Why, why would you want to play as Sam Gideon in, or, or for some reason represent yourself as Sam Gideon unless there's some kind of PC thing going on? <gasps> They're doing a PC port of Vanquish, aren't they? It's like, which would be awesome. Because... Mm. I mean, the original ran at like 30 frames on a 360 and only got an Xbox 360 release. Um, so it probably didn't do nearly as well financially for them as it probably should have because, you know, it wouldn't have sold to the Japanese market on the 360, particularly. Mm. Um, even though I guess you could argue that style of shoot, it's still a shooter, right? <laughs> it's still a Western ish game just with crazy movement. And it was good fun. It was very high high energy. It was you know uh, the, the 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 skills you had and the actual rocket sledding about was was cool. Knee, constant knee slides, basically. Uh, <laughs> it was a cool game. So I would like to see that get. But it was very fast and thirty frames per second. I don't think really does it justice. So you know, a sixty FPS update would be real nice. Yeah, that would some that would definitely improve it. I, I can see that making quite a big effect. I would 100% play that game again as well. So, yeah, it, what was it? it? Was they were like space Russians, weren't they, or something you know, at first? Basically, yeah, space right. robot Russians. Right, robot, yeah. Versus some some kind of American-ish force. Well, they, they were still space Russians, but their, their entire army were robots. Or something. Yep, they, had a, yep. they had a lot of robots. Uh, I think we had some robots, but they had more. And some big ones. Uh, so yeah, there's that for Vanquish, which I think would be cool, um, and a bit and in line with some of what they've been doing, what Sega in general have been uh, have been doing recently. Because I think this was a Sega published game as well, Vanquish. So it's the the you know the the, the possibilities there. Uh, so the uh, the weirder thing that's going on, and this is probably even more spurious, is uh, the rumor that they are working on Bayonetta three. 
because they, on their website, they supposedly posted video clips from Bayonetta 1 and 2, mm. but those clips mysteriously repeat three times over the course of the video. It's not like, it's like they've been all been purposefully badly edited and, uh, and uploaded it as a batch. Um, there's a batch of five of them, I think they said there were. And it's, uh, but everyone's going, why, why three times? Why are they all repeat three times? Three. It's the rule of three. It's Bayonetta 3. Half-Life 3 confirmed. <laughs> that must be quite fun if you're on the third game of a franchise and you can do stupid Half-Life 3 style teasers. Yeah. <laughs> but for real. <laughs> but, that would, but that would be super <laughs> but, but actually existing, not Half-Life yeah, 3 exactly. teasers. That never have existed. Yeah. But that would okay. be super exciting as well because, you know, Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 2 is one of my favourite games ever. So it's... Yeah, do you think it'd be a Switch game or or a PC game or, or who knows? It, like, it, yeah, who who really does know what they what they'll do with it? Um, jury's still out on Bayonetta two, obviously ever being ported because of the Nintendo mm. relationship. But um, uh, I I would think they would go straight in on just modern consoles, and maybe the Switch would be an addition. And it, be- it depends if Nintendo are doing the publishing, right? It'd be super weird if, like, Bayonetta 3, like, only came out for Xbox. <laughs> then you'd have one on PlayStation, two, two on Wii U, three on the, <laughs> the original Bayonetta got a 360 release. Yeah, yeah eventually. Yeah. Well, no, that was, it was dual launch, wasn't it? The 360 and PS3. And the PS3 one was actually terrible at the original Bayonetta. Like, serious performance issues. Hmm, I don't remember. No, because we played the 360 one, right? <laughs> That's why we don't yeah, remember. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but um, that rings a bell. But but yeah, no, I, I I seem to remember the PS3 version getting a bit lambasted of the original Bayonetta. Like it, it wasn't a very good job. Um, it's probably okay, but I think it's if you put it up next to the 360 version, there was significant improvements in spots. Uh, but that's all. That's, that's entirely from memory. As usual, I could be totally wrong. But Bayonetta three, yeah, I totally play that. We shall find out. Look forward to it if it if it becomes a thing. Unless it's a troll to be like, hey, this we're just this is Bayonetta one plus two in some kind of PC port combo pack. Soon after they just released Bayonetta one on PC, but yeah, that's not that's not gonna happen. It can't be that. Yeah, it'd be a bit too cheeky. But the other thing against all of this is that you know platinum. Have, Platinum's A team supposedly put out near Automata not that long ago. Automata, hmm. Automata, <laughs> Automato, Automa- Automato, yeah, barbecue Automato. Uh, 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 yeah, so you know they, they if hmm. if this is a thing, they probably haven't had long to be working on it. Well, but then we'll the B teams they... haven't been putting out so much recently. So you know the other parts of Platinum haven't been putting out so much shovelware of late. But if this is a thing, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come out anytime soon either. This could just be a really long term teaser. Yeah, good day. Maybe a free coming out in two years. In three years, because <laughs> three. We've just started. Ha. So speaking of Half Life Three. What? Uh, Chet Fowlish, how do you pronounce his name? That was the writer of like the Half Life Two episodes and Portal, and along with Mark Laidlaw and stuff. Mark uh, Laidlaw already quit Valve, but this yeah. this other guy, Chet Falashek, has also left Valve. I think he was the leader. Falashek sounds too. right. Yeah, Falashek. Yeah. Chet Falashek. He's quit Valve too. 
after 12 years. So all they're like, right. Oh, and he did all the writing on Left 4 Dead as well. As little of that as a, I suppose it was a reasonable amount of writing. Yeah, I'd say. Just not yeah. high impact writing. It's a different kind of writing, isn't it, I suppose. Hmm. Same for Half-Life, I think. Well, no. But Did not. he get bored of them not making games? <laughs> he was like, oh, they're not making any games with writing. I assume so. I assume so. I mean, well, they've got those you? three VR games that are probably quite writing heavy. Not really. Hmm. Well, maybe. Anyway. We don't know. Probably. So what does this mean? Is None. it bad? Is it bad times at Valve in terms of actual game making, or is it good times? We just can't tell. Well, it can't yeah, be good if there's people going, oh, I can't be bothered. Some of the long-termers leaving anyway. Yeah. Well, maybe they're, because they're long-termers, maybe they're just like, I'm done with games. Yeah, maybe they're just old. <laughs> they're going to go make some craft beer. Yeah, I suppose they're probably pretty done pretty well out of it, so. Yeah. Or, ghost, or they, yeah, they wanted to do something very different that Valve wouldn't get behind and want to form their own studio. But isn't that the Valve thing where they, they could just do what they wanted if they wanted to? In theory, it doesn't seem to. In practice, no. not, There's a, lot not a lot of output, come out. Of it. Like, yeah. No. Uh, well, never mind. Yeah, that's that. And then my final bit of news is that I've got right here is uh, the reveal of Darksiders 3. Which so you liked the first one, didn't you? Yeah, I played it. It was good. It was like a kind of Zelda homage, but but like like you know more rock and roll, I suppose, because <laughs> you played as the war. Um, yeah, and then Dark Siders two, you played as death. I didn't play that one, and apparently um, that was quite a different game. Yeah, like structurally. So it looks like you play as Fury in this new one. Who's a lady? Not um, correct. Can call it war. I mean, come on. Uh, well, hang on. Weren't they doing? Is Fury actually one of the four no. horsemen? Did so, they, with, they what are the names of them? Famine. The, the, famine. I thought it was pestilence and famine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pestilence and famine, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Those really kind of almost fall in the same category. Yeah, almost. Well, pestilence tends to cause famine. I think it was the or the other way around. Death, famine, yep. war, no, and no, conquest. 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 That's not right. That's war again. <laughs> I know. So conquest and war are the same, and famine and and death. Except it's not famine because it's fury. Yeah, maybe it is where they've gone wrong. Uh, anyway, they whatever it was, they they don't, it was is always like wrong. Secret fifth horseman in in something. I don't remember. Mm. I think that might be in Discworld. Conquest is like the fifth horseman and they have to yeah, go right. out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, but some of the artwork looks pretty good for the, the, that they've shown. Or Who's picking that up? Art. Because wasn't that a THQ joint? That's the thing, isn't it? I was wondering that. So let, me, let, me, let me check that because that was the whole thing, wasn't it? Because that all shut down. Yeah. I bet it's Deep Silver. <laughs> THQ. Oh no, or is it? Who are they? Uh, yeah, it's Nordic. So it is, I think, Deep Silver who, who rebranded that that the old THQ net titles to to be, to be not not. Oh no, but then Nordic Games are involved as well, aren't they? Because that's why it's Nordic. Dark Side is three. Oh, I don't know. I get Gunfire very lost. Games. The studio founded by the people behind the original Dark Side as developer Vigil Games. Right. Yeah, so Vigil. So now they're called Gunfire Games, but it's the same people from hmm. the original games. 
And you have to fight the old team back together. Yeah. It's looking pretty cool. You have to fight the seven deadly sins. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I don't know anything about the story of those games, but it just doesn't seem to make sense. No, it's pretty stupid. I vaguely remember how the story of the first one was basically that, like, you have to get the other horsemen under control, right? That was the vague premise. I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. Um, so now the sins are out of control as well. They're all fucked. Because they're like generically evil, I suppose. Because they're sins. <laughs> That's generally how characterization works. Can't wait to fight gluttony. I don't know, I'm quite or interested sloth. in the last boss. I feel like there's been se- yeah. several games yeah. before them done the seven sins as bosses. I mean, apart well, from like Binding of Isaac, obviously, which literally does that. Hmm. <laughs> oh sure well, yeah. I was trying to think where that had been done recently and I guess Isaac is the most recent example <laughs> apart from Full Metal Alchemist <laughs> right. right so Darkseid is cool it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a fairly liked series so I'm, I'm glad it's back yeah. And it's been long enough that it's not a problem, right? Like it's not like exactly. it's just another sequel. It's like it's a revival. It's, it's yeah, a cool in a way. But they also have this story that they keep leaving unfinished. Where it's like, sure. You, after Dark Souls one, it didn't even seem like they were going to manage two, and everyone was slightly annoyed about how they'd left that hanging. And then two happened. It's like, well, this is still you've still really got another two games because you know there's four horses. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. And the secret fifth one, of course. Yeah, the secret fifth one. The, the the actual dark it will be the the third one or the fourth one will just be the dark siders and then it'll be all of them working together yeah, as okay. a co-op game that makes sense the dark siders <laughs> you never release fours unless you're Halo <laughs> or Final Fantasy yeah, yeah. never release fours uh, or micro machines <laughs> okay or dirt or dirt yeah although technically this is dirt five. If you count Dirt Rally. Well, technically, this is like Call of Cray 9. (laughs) Yeah, it's Call of Cray like 9 or something, but it's like Dirt dirt 6 if you counted Dirt Rally and Dirt Showdown. In the straight Dirt series, not the Colin McRae Dirt. But then was the first one just Colin McRae Dirt? Yeah, Yeah, it was. Yeah, it it was. I looked at some footage of that the other day. It was hilarious how, how... much it had that brown filter on it's just mm. ludicrous it looks so I thought, weird i thought about installing it not that long ago just to see what it, how, see how far we've come next gen man it's so brown it's so brown it was groundbreaking but like i never understood why they chose a brown color scheme for quake oh i guess it works but because it was meant to be brickwork and stuff, wasn't and, it? And, it was all gothic architecture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't nearly so colourful as Doom. <laughs> anyway. Most of Doom is green. Yeah, I guess. Doom is grey and green. <laughs> Even though it takes place on Mars, which you'd think would make it a little red. Red, yeah. yeah. You never really go outside in original Doom, do you? Or no. see outside, even, really. No, because the engines weren't really suitable well, for that, were they, at, at the time? <laughs> it would just be like a plane. Mm. 
because I'm pretty sure those engines couldn't even do angled surfaces yet. They were just like you had, they could do it horizontally Steps, angled, right. but I'm not sure you could have like a vertically angled surface, like a slope upwards, mm. like like severe limitations. Like the Doom engine can't even handle floors on top of each other. No, um, everything had to be, which made the map nice and easy. <laughs> yeah, was there even Dark Forces that started doing floors on top of other floors? It was like super like that, quite yeah. advanced tech. Yeah, yeah. for the time. Right, that's the news. I think it is. Da, 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 da. It's time for what you've been playing. Oh, and Prey came out. If anyone cares, <laughs> do we care? Uh, it well, might be good. I, I don't, don't know. know if I. I don't know if I should. It's it into, into a horror game, and that immediately means that I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. A, it is an interest. It's yes, yeah, a sort of a horror game, sort of a shooter, and <laughs> well, you know, there's Dead Space that exists. Kinda. I mean, Dead Space moved away from being a horror game pretty rapidly and, after and the first but, one. But then it's got this psychological vibe to it, thanks to that that first trailer. Well, you know, there was also fear. I guess, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't particularly get on with fear. No, I liked its combat because it was bullet time combat. Well, yeah, yeah. It had a cool mechanic, but it was also a horror game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, we don't care about Prey. Moving on. <laughs> cool. Uh, what have you been playing? Uh, Rob, what have you been playing? Oh, boy. Uh, let's, let's think where to start. Uh, let's start with what I talked about last time, I guess. Let's get those out of the way. Uh, I finished Enslaved, Odyssey to the West. Oh, cool. Uh, I got to the end of that. It's, uh, yeah, like I was saying before, it's a, it's a pretty neat neat package and but again just backing up what i said before even by the end of the game i don't think it really hit the heights that it needed to Mm. i don't think it ever quite found its stride in a weird way like uh spoiler territory i guess a little bit but the the plot never feels like it makes a hundred percent sense at any point during the story right it's, so it's not like you're in suspense and you find out something and then no so well there is a sort of interesting thing at the end of the end of the game that sort of um hints at the the, the the what I thought were fourth wall breaking moments earlier on. Um but they're not. They're, they're, they're in world things, but they're they're uh, it doesn't it sort of it sort of just happens. It's not really relevant to your journey. If you know what I mean. You just sort yeah. of get to a place and it's a thing. And it does in theory explain some of what is going on in the world. But not really. It's. Do you want to go deep on this? I suppose it's like a ten-year-old game or whatever, like near, like super old. It's like I, I, we can dig yeah. in if you want. Yeah. Right. Well. So, general main plot of the game is that, and this is where you start. You start on a slave ship, right? And you're 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 breaking free of this uh, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of being enslaved, enslaved. by slavers, um, of which you never actually see. You never see the slavers. Um, over the course of the game, um, with one notable exception that I'll come to later. Um, so you never, you never see, you never see the uh, the see the slavers. Um, you break, and all you see is mechs throughout the entire game. You're fighting these sort of fairly jagged looking, nasty bits of metal, um, and they're coming at you. And for some reason, they seem to be stealing humans and taking them away somewhere, and no one really knows why. And there are bits of the storyline where your characters just sort of brush it off and be like, so, you know, you'll get asked, oh, why do they do this? Ah, and you'll be like, it's all they know. Like, as if it's just the world you grew up in. It's just it's just the thing that happens. Um, 
and it's uh, no one really questions it in a in a, in a strange way, and it's and uh, and that goes on for a really long time. There's like the, the whole last act, you meet a third human, effectively who's not dead, and um, he's who and the, the whole tone of the game changes, and it becomes a bit of a, a bit. More, he's like the comic relief, except kind of in 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 a, in a weird way. Uh, the character's called Pigsy because he looks a bit like a fat pig, but he's also sort of like a mechanist of a scrapyard so you need his help and you got to work your way into his base and then he's a thing but he's also a pig in practically every aspect you know he tries to hit on your companion and mm-hmm. things like that and get puts you in dangerous scenarios to uh you know to, to to try and get you out of the picture so he can make his moves on trip you know and things like that it's a it's all a bit bit weird and sort of strangely juxtaposed against the first half of the game where it's like, oh, this is all very serious. This is all very, uh, there's, a, there's a story forming here. And it's like, nope, comic relief time. And that yeah. actually sort of somewhat plays out all the way to the end of the game. And I don't really, you, you sort of just make a decision. It's like, oh, we're going to go. Uh, yeah, so middle point of the game, you, you go to Tripp's hometown and find that everyone's dead and has been yeah. enslaved, including her dad, um, daddy issues. And then uh, she she just goes like, "I'm sorry, I, I can't. I know I said I'd free you, monkey, when we got to this point, but I can't. I need revenge, you know, basically." So the entire rest of the game becomes, "We're going to go go do bad things to the slavers." Um, uh, but you don't. You sort of just do, and don't really question it. You know, you just you go to this thing. You get the. Uh, you end up at this place called Pyramid. Um, you fight a load of massive giant mechs to get there. Da, 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 da. And then end game twist is that Andy Circus, as Andy Circus pretty much has been enslaving people in order to bring them into a virtual world that he's created that represents the world before the apocalypse. So he's freeing them to live a better life inside this machine. Right. Okay. Called pyramid that he's made. And, uh, trip takes offense at this, kills the dude everyone wakes up the end and it ends on the, the line. Have I made the right decision? Uh, uh, okay. And that's kind of it. There is no extrapolation at this point. There's no, like you've just gone to a thing. So my mind immediately starts. Well, but yeah, it sort of just asks so many questions. If the guy, if this pyramid was supposed to be benevolent, mm. why is his method so violent? Right. To get people. Yeah. In- yeah. Are the, are the mechs, because the mechs appear to be well, the slaver mechs at least seem to be sort of working for him. Or there's a lot of murder going on. It's never really clear whether it's him that's controlling all the mechs to do that do all the murdering. But it sort of is implied towards the end of the game thanks to the fights you're having. But then it's it's just all a bit of a mess. So and the bit I alluded to earlier, like the notable exception to you never really seeing a human uh, other than the mechs and things like that, is right at the start of the game where one of the people on the ship that seems to be like control or several of the people, I think on the ship that seem to be actually running the ship. Uh, there's, there's a guy, basically there's a human, the only other human I think you meet in the game and he right. reluctantly helps monkey. And then his headband kills him because uh, he's broken the rules. He's been, you know, the computer detects that he's assisting something and he's like, you must be punished and gets killed. And it's like, this doesn't seem very benevolent to me. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just a, a bit of a tonal mess. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's like 
you could just in that premise there's like lots of scope for plot holes and things mm. and and it falls in not all of them pretty much mm. which is a real shame because i actually think it's produced quite well and actually like you know gameplay quirks aside that i talked about last time it's the ninja theory style was was really really comes out here you know it's they but they just didn't quite land what they were going for i don't think it does it does turn out that apparently they, they this was planned to have a sequel but because the game didn't sell very well when it came out namco pulled the plug um very early on oh really and so it never got made um so there was go there was There's going to DLC be more to for this. it or something is there that- is uh, which i've also played um oh, okay uh, and that, that, but that's a very different thing, and it's actually it's really interesting in itself. So it follows uh, a couple of days in the life of Pigsy on the scrap heap on his own, right. uh, getting bored and lonely, and trying to build himself a, a, a buddy, as he keeps referring to, um, who he, he he eventually calls the perfect ten because he makes a he tries to make a sexy robot lady, of course. But it's like it's all very it's a it plays completely differently because you're not playing as monkey you're playing as pigsy so you're you've got guns and you've got devices and it's a bit more stealthy like you've got to try and distract people in a certain way so you can get past or like trigger a certain sequence of events so you can kill them all and survive and it's actually quite well constructed again like the idea is they, like it's it's not that long it's like a two hour three hour thing mm-hmm. um so you don't get a great deal of mechanics, but it's uh, but they're well realized enough that you use them all, and it doesn't outstay its welcome. And it's it's quite an interesting. It's sort of a bold bit of DLC, to be honest, because it's not the main game. It's like they changed it completely within its world, mm. and it's really interesting. It's just interesting that they did it. Even the storytelling takes a more casual edge and like there's like blues guitar playing or you know a uh, sort of rednecky guitar playing i guess right it's um, a different tone yeah yeah completely it's it's just a real interesting thing to put in the game you know just cool. very different thing but it doesn't i, I kind of wish that happened the, more yeah but it doesn't help with the main game story-wise no not at all not at all uh it's 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 just sort of an expansion on Pigsy's character, I guess, and it's a uh, it's it's a real yeah, just a massively interesting addition uh, to a flawed but but could have been good game, you know, given if that maybe the sequel would have been where they nailed it. But then you know, Ninja Fury then went on to make DMC, where I guess everything they learned from Enslaved came together because DMC is excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so there's that uh it just um, i'm glad i played it real real interesting yeah um uh, uh i've been playing a do lot we know more what they're working along um, oh, these days we do they're they are working on uh god what's it called hellblade oh, right. um which is sort of being it looks a lot like a spiritual successor to heavenly sword which was also them. Um, yeah, so they made Heavenly Sword before they made Enslaved, and then they made DMC, and Hellblade is their new thing, and it's following that same path. Um, and I don't know a great deal about it, other than it's also a character action game, and but with, a again, a bit like Heavenly Sword, there's a slant towards uh, some form of mental illness being addressed in the game. 
like it, I, I can't remember if it's your character or you're working with a character who has some kind of mental disability and they're trying to hang their story on that, which is again, fairly bold. Um, so I, I am interested, but I just don't know a lot about it and I don't think they've actually released a great deal of info about it up until now. Um, Okay, we'll see. On I think that we one. first, I think we first heard of it a good couple years ago at E3, so it can't be far off. I expect we'll see more of that at this year's E3 potentially. <laughs> um, but I, I think that might be a Sony joint as well. I'm not sure. I think it showed it like PlayStation um, prior. So whether or not Sony actually have their hands on it, or if it's a third party published thing, I'm not sure. So, yeah, Hellblade. We'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, so, yeah, the other thing I've been playing uh, was Aero. Yep, yep. Which we talked about last time as well. More beats, more yeah. uh, hardcore tunes. I've been, uh, so I've gone through the advanced mode on it now, and uh, uh, that was that was harder because it did throw in more enemies, and you do have to get to grips with some of its more unexplained mechanics. Um so you know, you know, you know the shooting sections uh, that it has the res style shooting sections. It's 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 main difference between those games and uh, between itself and res, I guess, is that shooting is a manually activated thing as opposed to the lock on and release to fire system of res. I, that doesn't make a great deal of difference, other than the when you release, when you shoot, is actually important. Yeah, you've got you've got to try and time your shot, but the timing for the shot is a bit odd. Uh, and it's 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 a, it's not quite. I would like it to have been like you push the sh- you push the shot button on a clearly defined beat. Yeah. Um, but how it actually works is you're better off firing the shot slightly before the beat oh. to guarantee that you don't miss it. Because well, if so you you're fire trying slightly to hit be- on the beat, are you you're trying to like get the as close to as on the beat as close to as possible? But if you're even slightly out. Like the game will, your shot will take a longer arc and wait until it land and it'll it'll land at the next major beat. But the problem right. is, you can't line up the next shot while your shot is in flight because you're waiting. Because oh, okay. you're waiting for it. Yeah. That's so nice. uh, it's, it's it it's all right. It works, but I wish the timing was way more lenient on it. Because um, obviously, with TV latency and things, it's it's a little problematic. Mm. Um, if I'm playing it over my, you know, my, my full on rig as opposed to on my low latency computer monitor, you know, stuff like that. And I'd, I'd want to be playing it on the sound system for the bigger sound, for the bigger bass. And it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky mechanic to get used to, but you do get used to it. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because it does mean you get, you know, once you start picking that up and you start getting better and you start picking out, you realize that actually, oh, no, there are methods of getting better score. Like some of the on the, the more efficient shot types actually score a little better or you can just just shoot more targets to get more score that way. Um, so that there, there is a there is a reason to do it as well as just keeping yourself alive. It's like, there's a, you know, you're going for the high scores, um, of which I seem to be doing pretty well. Like I'm quite high on a lot of the leaderboards, so that's that's nice. Uh, I'm also not convinced that game has sold very well though, because in the master mode leaderboards, uh, I'm like four levels in or something, and only 29 people have completed it. Oh dear, 29! So like a world champion at this game. Well, I'm 
yeah, I'm I'm like third on most of the on most of the mastered leaderboards right now. <laughs> so it's like uh, all, all the master leaderboards I've played thus far, and it's a uh, yeah. So that's that's uh, uh, that's a real shame because by my estimate, that means they've probably only sold about five thousand copies that people have actually then booted. They may have sold more than that. But, you know, number of people that have actually started the game. I'm basing that on the Steam achievement ratings, right? So it's like 1.5. Yeah. By the point I've got to the game, there's like 1.5% of people have got the achievement at this point. And if there's only 29 people in the list, extrapolate that out and you get about 4,500. Um, that game deserves way more attention, if that's true. Mm. Yeah, check it out, guys. It's really good. Really good. Uh, despite my reservations about the shop mechanic we talked there it is a good fun time you should play it. not really important in the grand scheme well, no just enjoy some bass music it has got a chill out mode where you don't die so if you want to just try and play a rhythm game and you know listen to some good music the soundtrack's really great by the way you know if you're into that sort of stuff it's 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 pretty it's a pretty brilliant selection i noticed on the switch that the thumper is coming to the switch yeah i saw that for some reason because why not, I guess? Yeah, I guess. Thumper's great too. Arrow would work on Switch. But they haven't even... I don't think they've even announced that, that there's any console version of that yet. I think, it, I think it's, it's Steam only right now. You'd, you'd think they'd put a console version in it. Mm. It, would, it would fit. Uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh... I've been I, I, I fell down the anti gravity racing hole again. Uh playing quite a bit of F Zero GX. Ah. Uh, the classic. Yeah. The game of yours for uh, anti grav. Pretty much. This it is still top tier. <laughs> top tier anti grav. Um, so um Dolphin emulator or Yeah, I'm running that on Dolphin one uh, Dolphin five. Uh it's it's still not as it's still not perfect, is what I would say. It still has a couple of problems on the more graphically demanding tracks, like the the, the the heat haze on the sand ocean in particular can cause a little bit of trouble. But it's it's totally playable, and mm. the resolution jump is really nice. Like it, it holds up. It's still it's still a pretty good looking game. Still plays well. I've said all this before. Play F Zero. Uh, <laughs> but then I also checked out. Uh, that got me playing a bit more Red Out because I realized I haven't finished that, so I played a bit more of that. Again, same rules apply. I've talked about that before, blah, 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 blah. I played some Wipeout Pure, though. Oh, I love that game. It's way better than I remember it, actually. It's so good. <laughs> that game was fucking great. Anyway, yeah, so how, what, on your PS- on PSP? Uh, I played a little bit on PSP, and then uh, following, I think we had a discussion, I don't know if we had it on yeah, air yeah, yeah. or not. I checked out PPSSPP. Yeah, it's pretty good. Which is the PSP emulator, and which seems perfect. It's pretty great. I haven't had a single problem running that emulator, and it's just it's dead on. Uh, and not only that, but boy, are there some real conveniences to emulating the PSP? Because it, this this seemed 
it's totally obvious to me now, but I didn't realize this thinking about it because we had a discussion about whether or not you could get all the DLC tracks for Wipeout Pure that were put yeah, out for free, which was half the game um, ultimately. Yeah, not, well, not yeah, way more than like mm. they almost more than doubled the content for free for that game mm. thanks to sponsorship deals from Puma and um, some artists. I think some artists got involved for some of the weirder tracks, and it was, cool. it, it was it was an awesome thing, and. Uh, it turns out you don't, I mean, you can get that stuff, but I didn't have to find it because of the way the memory stick structure was organized on PSP. They're just FAT32 devices. Right. So, and the, the, the emulator works using all the same formats. So you just copy-paste oh, off right. my PSP. <laughs> oh, you just copy-paste the files off your PSP. Sweet. Uh-huh. And it totally oh. works. And I have all my save data for every game I ever played on the PSP amazing. in the emulator. It's amazing. It's the best. <laughs> it all just works. It's great. Uh, yeah, highly recommended if you want to get, you know, revisit your PSP games. I like doing it that way. It's a pretty good route. And so um, Wipeout Pure itself? Wipeout Pure itself holds up. It really does. It's slower than i remember um because admittedly because <laughs> apparently i never unlocked unlocked rapier because mm. there were so many tracks i think by the time i had all the D- dlc that i was just trying to gold medal all of the because it forces you to basically gold medal every track at every speed to the point where i never actually played the championship i needed to unlock rapier and then phantom so i'm um, was it uh no, it's not What's the third level? Flash, I think. Um, yeah. So I've been, I've been playing it at flash speed, and it is quite a lot slower, uh, like I said, than like any of the other AG races I play. But but it's still a good time. Quite good music, so like, uh, a good music soundtrack. So well, it's a wipeout game. So you know, it holds up. It holds up pretty good. Um, I might go visit Wipeout Pulse as well, which I've got a copy of, and it'll be so that'll be interesting because I think there was a very significant handling jump between those two games, um, and I remember playing Pulse and having a hard time going back to Pure at the time. Mm. Right, it's been long enough that I don't seem to notice right now. I'm, you know, playing Pure is fine, but uh, yeah, good ass game. I mean, that was the first one that invented the um, absorb um, power-up mechanic or whatever, which I think really adds to Wipeout uh, rather than... Because previous games yeah, had kind of lanes, right. uh, be- recharge lanes or whatever, pit pit lanes, which never really worked. I think even... Uh, yeah, that might have been true even in Wipeout 3. 3 is the one I can't remember worked that well. Mm. Um, even though I played a great deal of that game. I, I can't remember if that was still pit lane based or if they had absorbed then. I knew they had drop, mm. but I don't know if it had the absorb thing. They also introduced the barrel roll, didn't they, in Pure? Yeah. I mean, that's cool. quite hard to pull off. Yeah, but it's still cool. It's it cool. gets easier in the faster levels, bizarrely, because yeah, you'll be does. in the air longer, and yeah. you pull off the barrel roll, which you might not actually want to do, because you're going you go you super then get fast boost. into a corner. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's awesome. I'm having a pretty good time with that. Um uh, I, I, I also on the emulation front while I was there, uh, I fired up Lumines Two 
because we talked about that relatively recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that holds up. Uh, that doesn't emulate quite as well because clearly all those graphics were sprites. Right. So they don't res up, if you know what I mean. Uh, you're, you're having to play it at the, at the, at the pixely resolution of the PSP. Right, um, not like a on the emulator. Game. Right. No, no, no. Um, but it was just cool going through the licensed tracks. I basically put, put a playlist together of just the licensed music in that game, and uh, that was a good time. The, the video quality in the background is super terrible, but no, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blue Wines 2, good game. Very nearly died, but then got better. Uh, and that's basically that's basically what I've been doing. Played a little bit of Rush 2049 after having a bit of a weekend playing N64 games at one Classic. point. It's like it's like, oh yeah, Rush Rush was okay. Maybe I should start <laughs> playing that on an emulator so yeah. we can play it in slightly higher resolution. And are you going to do a video of that? Probably should. I think we should at some point. The question is, which version though? Do you go to the Dreamcast route or do you go to the N64 route? Mm. They're both they're, they're kind of the same but different. Like the Dreamcast version has different music, and I think it actually has a slightly different set feature set to the N64 version. I'm not sure if the Dreamcast version, because I never got that far in it, whether that actually has some of the modes, like like whether or not the battle mode is actually in the Dreamcast one. It had a full on like car combat mode in the N64. Mm. Well, I say full on; it was multiplayer only, but you know, it was there. It was weird. It was weird, but we played quite a lot of it. <laughs> well, not really that bit of it, though. Oh, no, I played quite a lot of that, at, at, weirdly, at school. Yeah. When I used to bring my N64 in, we used to play the car. The car combat mode was way more popular than the stunt mode at school. So we played that. But, of course, none of those things were as popular as Mario Tennis, which I also played. That's still my favourite local multiplayer game i think it, it did go down a storm it really did you know i put i played it with three people who had never played any of the mario tennis games and it was like yeah no this is this is really good <laughs> it's brills if they had played any of the other mario tennis games they would have discovered that this one was better true <laughs> yeah, just, well i kind of still actually want to give, give i know i say this every time we talk about mario tennis but i never really gave the gamecube one a chance I never really played it, so I, I kind of do want to, having had a, a reasonably fresh uh, experience with both that and the, you know, with the N64 one, to, to play your copy of the GameCube one that I have right now, uh, Dan, and mm. uh, uh, and 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 see it and see if it, it really does feel different or if the bits of presentation screwed it up. If you know what I mean, if maybe it was just a, a there's a feel thing. In how it looks, as opposed to a feel thing to how it controls, I, I really don't know. Everyone knows the number one problem with that was that they started introducing superpowers and that just yeah. ruins tennis. Oh sure, but you can <laughs> turn those off. Superpower move. Yeah. What was Waluigi's one where it turned into a swimming pool and he swam yep. to the ball and then <laughs> smashed it? <laughs> Obviously, that makes sense. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Find out if it, I'm pretty sure it's a feel thing and not just a stupid stuff thing that needs turning no. off. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a go. We'll see what happens. Uh, and yeah, sorry, I've been rambling for quite a long time, but that's what I've been doing. Bit, just bits and bobs here and there. I, I haven't got it, which means I haven't really got a game on the go right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of drifting about and uh, 
So uh, I think that will I think that will maintain for another week because I'm not going to get much time to play games over the next week. So it's mm. you'll you'll hear a lot less of me next podcast. Yeah. Depends what happens the week after. Well, yeah, Zach has uh, <laughs> teased that he might lend me his Switch now that he's finished Zelda. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. What to play Zelda? I guess to play Zelda. Yeah. Bloody hell. Okay. I better carry. It. Anyway, uh, Zeg, what have you been playing? <laughs> I played all kinds of stuff. A whole bunch of stuff. I played basically every DS game because I after I <laughs> basically every DS game ever made. No, that I have. After I finished Advance Wars Dual Strikes campaign, then I was like, well I might as well put in the other one, <laughs> play some of that. Oh crap, I totally forgot about a game I played. <laughs> of course you did. We'll come back to it, you go for it. So I played some of Dark Conflict or whatever the fuck it's called. I always forget which one's which. Dark Com- I think Dark Conflict is. The oh, that's, that's, that's the yeah, latest that's one. Right. Yeah, the, the the metal one. Yeah, but I mean, whether it's the European name or the American name. Oh, I think point. Dark Conflict is the European one. Days of Ruin is the other one. Yeah, that's right. So I played some of that. Like I played it up. Well, I played it basically up to the mission where it just it. It's like the first two thirds of the campaign are just like normal generic war like you're the the whole plan has been fucked up with meteors but you're still in a war like you, the remaining militaries just can't let it go and they just have to continue fighting each other and it's like oh that's fine that makes sense but then the but, last but aren't your guys like the ones that are just doing it because they they, they, they kind of well, have um, to pretty much everyone is just a dick but it's not you <laughs> like mm. your guys are like the independent legion and they're like we're gonna go around and help people and then all the other factions the actual remains of the nations are just dicks and just, mm. just like fighting <laughs> yeah so you're like you, you fight because you have to not <laughs> and then, you, then you get dragged into it yeah but then, like, the last third of the game is where, like, the secret plot is revealed, where, like, the goddamn independent military contractor has been secretly controlling all the wars from the background and giving people, like, secret advanced weaponry and unleashing viruses to kill people and Flowers. force people into into fighting over resources. And, but, like, it just gets dumb, and also the actual missions get kind of bad after that point as well. Uh, is this one of those games that has like death flowers or something? Yeah, the flowers. Yeah. I don't actually remember what specifically. I think those were just made to be like to make people fight over resources because they want you know to get cured, right? Basically, but yeah, it's done. And then the last mission, I haven't got to it again, but from what I remember, the last mission was fucking impossible. <laughs> it's like, like a giant base. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. always a giant base. That's generally yeah. how impossible ends. But yeah, that last mission was a was complete bullshit. Mm. I don't remember exactly why. I think it had some giant lo- death laser. Yeah, I think it had some kind of. I don't know if it was like a death laser because, like in previous games, it's normally like easy to deal with that kind of thing. I think it was like it was a death laser that that, that was like targeted, so it like actually pick out your unit specifically rather than just having a general area that it shot at. No, right, <laughs> which just makes it fucking ridiculous to try and deal with. Mm. So yeah, I didn't get that far though. I played it up to the point where it's like, oh, here comes the dumb twist in the story. <laughs> now I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I know what's going on. I'm not going to play again. Yes. And so then, wait, so wait, the bad guy just likes fighting. Is that what? It, is that the plot? As far as I remember, right. like his actual story, 
I mean, he did, was he did, was did like an independent, a... independent military contractor, so I guess he made a lot of money from people fighting. Did it end on a pretty big cliffhanger? Not really. No? Like, you win, and then you just settle down and start rebuilding the world gradually. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there was, a, like, a lingering thing, like, that made me... I, cause, I don't know, in my head, I think I, I've got this thought. It's like, I thought they were going to make a sequel to this. <laughs> Probably, but not, not that directly. Hmm. So yeah, I played that, and then I played most of the other DS games I had, like Meteos and Sonic Rush Adventure, and then I started playing Golden Sun Dark Dawn to remind myself why it's not as good as the old games. Well, we did watch a video on that, didn't we, just because we were talking about Golden Sun at one point, and it was like, oh, why why was the DS one not as well-received? And... Well, I don't, I don't remember when that was. I think we also watched a video about where's the next one. Yeah, <laughs> Why hasn't there too. been a new one? Well, that was partly because, yeah, that was that, that was the video because it was in the context of that the third one killed it. I don't know <laughs> if that was exactly what they said. But I don't know. The third one, like, I was trying to figure out one of, well, like, what, one of the things that was bothering, that bothers me. But the first thing that is obviously the most important thing is the main battle theme isn't as good. <laughs> Yeah, because the, the main theme is awesome. <laughs> All you need is the fight games. music. That's yeah. like the most important. I mean, it's the most important thing of any RPG of that style. Yeah, because you're going to hear it constantly. Yeah. I mean, Golden Sun 2's one wasn't, wasn't as good as one either, but it was in a similar style because obviously it was <laughs> a very direct sequel. They would have put those games on one cart if they could have, but they didn't because they couldn't. So the main battle theme isn't as good, but then like the thing that I actually realised that is weirder that makes it like kind of seem worse is now that in the in Dark Dawn where it's now an actual 3D game with 3D graphics mm. not not actual 3D it's not a 3DS game <laughs> uh, yeah I was about to say is this DS or I guess it would have yeah normal DS, not, DS. Yeah. 3D graphics now that it's not pixel art they, it falls into the trap of being like B tier animation where it's like it feels kind of like the animations feel kind of like stodgy and like not really like you don't the motions aren't very well defined like when you when your character like jumps into their attack in the way that Golden Sun does their battle scenes it's like in the pixel art like the attack animations were almost just like two frames yeah they were like, yeah. but, and that, but, like, but it was stylized because of the way they moved like the sprite around and like and, and effects few, yeah some, the, the, <laughs> the fancy, fancy, fancy effects for the GBA yeah but like, so that made it feel like quite impactful, like if the fight, the fighting. Whereas now, you've got like when your character's jumping in, it's like it's it's like the animation is too smooth. It like all runs at exactly the same frame rate through the whole motion, but that it shouldn't. It, loses <laughs> it should the, be more abrupt than like yeah, as you jump forward. <laughs> loses the moment where the sword is supposed to have struck. Yeah, right. So yeah. it just kind of feels kind of like. Or, like B tier crappy <laughs> in a weird way. Like the low frame rate of FF7, like actually solved that problem in a weird way. Like because they yeah, went 3D and they didn't have to animate things. Like, but weirdly, yeah, because it was like half, like 15 frames or something. Like you still got that impact mode. <laughs> like it's it's weird. Kinda. In fact, I think all of the FF games on PlayStation ran at 15 frames during battles. <laughs> I mean, you could say like FF8 started to drift into the into that slow, like the kind. Oh the, sure, like, I guess. I mean, I guess his gunblade thing did. I guess in in FF8 it kind of just felt heavy. Yeah, like, he was like, Ugh. yeah. 
he just sort of lumped it on someone. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so much of a slash. And then you made it explode, yeah. which like helped, I guess. But then, like you know, R- Renoa's weapon was always so that was a no impact weapon, wasn't it? Because it just sort of flew into them. It was like, Pah. it was like yuppie thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so yeah, I played some of that. Maybe I'll continue playing that. I, mean, I guess I started. <laughs> And yeah, so I played all those other DS games. Uh, and then other than that, I randomly went and played some more Cargo Commander because I thought about that for a moment. Oh, really? And then just went, I reset the save file and was like, let's just start over and go through the progression, such mm. as it is. It's not really that much of a progression. You're still just making a random set of levels and then trying to get through this, the randomly generated layout. And because I was feeling lazy, I just decided that I'll just generate the levels just from the alphabet. I'll just go through alphabetical order. Oh, this is, this is A. Yeah. This is well, a. Just, just a single character as well. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, it's quite a lot of other people did that because the scoreboards for those levels are relatively full. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Went, played a reasonable amount of that. Didn't really finish it. Because, like, the actual progression... It's, it's the, the progression of that game is just like it just makes it slightly easier like you start with unlocks basically yeah. as you rank up so you don't have to buy so many of the upgrades per day so you know it's, it's alright as a progression method I suppose and then I also did a thing that I hadn't had, had been introduced after the first time I played it I guess and I had seen it before but I, in one of the subsequent times I've been back to this game but not really played that much where they they made the weekly struggle where it's like you know weekly, score, struggle. weekly scoreboards or whatever but what, what it actually does which it doesn't tell you directly is like it generates the level based on the date like the it uses the date as the seed for the le- level generation oh interesting right so you could just predict what's coming next. Well, not quite though, because the weekly struggle mode is in is in journey mode, which is a different from the main game. Right. The main so game you just type the seed in and practice it. No, before it can. I don't, don't think so. Unless journey mode lets you type seeds, I don't know if it does. I think it might actually. I guess that would make sense. But yeah, journey mode is slightly different from the way the campaign works because you you inevitably die in journey mode. <laughs> right, it's like right. an endless mode. Yeah, basically. But yeah, the weekly show, and that was quite funny to look at the weekly show because it lists it lists all the weeks that have happened, so you can just scroll through the list and be like, "Wow, this started in 2013, and here's every week since then, and there's a scoreboard for all of them, and you can go back and play any of them if you want." Does it add to that scoreboard? I don't know if like, it. Um, I don't know if it not does now. if you go back. Yeah, weekly show. But yeah, that's pretty ridiculous to see how long that had been going on <laughs> and how it's still functioning. Whatever, like, server that's running that stuff at some point, they're still running somewhere. Might have to turn it off. <laughs> so, yeah, there was that. Um, and I played a whole bunch of Factorio, as has been evidenced by me uploading videos to our YouTube channel of Factorio. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> turn in the happy side of history. Zach actually made some videos on his own. Yeah, because I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, care. like I, I, I will be. I, I, like, there's no, there's no, there's no getting around it. I didn't want to make those videos, so I'm glad wow. I did because they're so long. Yeah, check them out. A game so boring that you have to do most of the footage in fast forward mode. Not boring, <laughs> long. Yeah, to just, watch. I mean, takes, 
It's just Obviously, it's not boring to play. It's just quite boring to watch, <laughs> especially <laughs> in real time. It's it's about decision about like planning. Mm. The bits that are boring to watch are the bits where I'm sitting there Executing thinking, and that's the mostly where it happens during the sped up. Right, yeah. you can des- definitely see during some of the sped up sections well, where like, yeah. the, the game's just paused, or I'm just looking at the grid, or I'm just standing in one place pointing my mouse cursor at various things and trying to visualise a layout. Mm, not right. too much, though. I think I've more or less kept that under control. And not in the real-time segments of that. Still, content. I'm happy it's there. Visualise Well, yeah, but no, it's, it's like cool. a, maybe a bit of a flood of content. That's the trouble. Mm. <laughs> You'll uh, need so. to continue to upload the normal videos at the normal times. I know. I, 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 I actually, it's, it's inconvenient you took this up because it's just not been very convenient for me to do it of late. Yeah. So, yeah. so this one time is fine, but <laughs> subsequently we'll still need normal videos interspersing because I've already recorded like another, I don't know, 13 episodes or something? What? I don't even know. Wow. Well, okay. Great deal. I know that. they're adding like HD or whatever, or higher resolution red textures or whatever, double resolution, yeah. are they, or whatever? Yeah. Like, and it's not Dwarf Fortress, but it's not, like, the most, like, you know, it's very functional, isn't it? It's not the most visually appealing thing to just look at when you're not, it's more about, you Even know. audio is pretty simple, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but it's just, can't, it's... Can't it's be that bit, complicated. It's still yeah. only just sprites. It's a bit sort of brown, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this earlier, but, yeah. Not brown. I mean, brownie planet. <laughs> the bits of the, the grass is kind of brown, I guess. The grasslands are kind of round where they could be slightly more green, maybe. Brown I think it was more green in an earlier version, one of the even older updates before they changed mm. some of those graphics. But it's not meant to be green, and even if it was green, you're meant to make it brown. Mm. It's all pollution. Pollute Kill everything. All the trees. I mean, that would be cool if they made it so that the grass actually changed colour as well. Because the trees die off when they're exposed to the pollution, and they also mm. absorb the pollution. So you can see that if you've got a forest next to your base. If the actual trade colour changed as well, that would <laughs> be interesting. Although don't do it like um, City Skylines, where pollution is purple for some reason. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like, when could you remember like in in... I guess SimCity, one of them had pollution. Four? I guess four had it right. I think. It well, might... actually, all of them didn't. They model it in some way. Well, no, I don't mean they modeled it. I mean it visualized it. Oh right, it, like made it brown. Yeah, I think, four, I think four zones. did do that. Yeah. Where, but in Skylines, for some reason, they decided to make that purple. So, like the ground in the pollution area around the industry just turns like vaguely purple. Weird. It's like, oh, but, yeah, of course you can just mod that. Mm. There's a mod to fix that. Make it not purple. I guess it's easier to see. Yeah, I guess. It does look kind of strange. So yeah, that's that made a ton of content, theoretical content for Factorio. <sighs> Maybe I don't want those backups. It says 13 of them. Yep, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Jeez. And, you know, the trouble that I thought, thought about it was, like, I could upload these pretty quickly. And it's like, I want to upload them while they're relevant because, you know, Point One Five just came out and mm. people are going to be looking for it <laughs> online. I guess, yeah. So I want to upload them while they're relevant, but I also don't want to entirely spam our channel to death with it. Mm. But then maybe it would be better if I did 
like do it in one big chunk really quickly. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. But then I actually also have to go through the process of exporting the videos, which takes or, it's or, an overnight job. So or perhaps find I can still only theoretically manage one a day. <laughs> or perhaps find another way of editing the videos down. Maybe speeding them up isn't the uh, solution. Well, the trouble is I've already recorded production them. meeting. I've already mm-hmm. recorded them. <laughs> I, I I decided on a logical format that broke up the videos into manageable chunks for editing purposes and also made it so that I could keep a track of how long I was recording for. Mm. Well, I basically record three hours of footage and talk for the first half hour and the last half hour. Oh, yeah, I see. That seems to work. <laughs> so how many chunks, three-hour chunks are there? Yeah, three-hour, split the video into three-hour segments, because I've also, when I'm recording with ABS, it just has the timer on the bottom of the window, so I can see how long I've been recording for. Once that goes over an hour, I know it's time to break the video. You go behind the scenes at Happy Sour. Yep. My hard disk is now full. (laughs) (laughs) I've recorded so much about that factory. Oh, that is the problem with this stuff. Data. I was thinking of just knocking one out for Aero, but I just haven't had time. Yeah. Because that's the sort of game where I don't think you'd be that interested in doing a video because it's a music game. Like, you don't want to really talk over it too much. <laughs> well, that is the actual problem with music games. Yeah. We did make a video of audio surf. Oh, yeah. But we used my music. Yeah, so it's exactly. Fine. And, you know, yeah, it'll be licensed to hell, this, presumably any video about Aero. So. Yeah. So there's that. And I'm. I haven't managed to play in a Rocket League tournament yet. <laughs> but apparently that is actually going to happen now. All it's right. been reposted. And you're in. The team selections. And so, but also my, the, the two people I'm on the team with, I haven't seen them online for like a week. <laughs> right. Don't know what happened there. They just seem to vanish at some point. I didn't like the team, so they've moved. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see what actually happens with that. I have still been playing Rocket League in general, of course. Trying to get out of not uh, not really Lemon Town any longer. I think we've it's moved from just pure lemons to like lemon flavoring, <laughs> occasional lemons. You're in the lemon drizzle cake now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's been really annoying because like I feel like I should be higher than this. If like the rank conversion compared to last season or whatever, like I'm only in platinum one, and like I'm struggling to stay in platinum one, thanks to the occasional lemon flavoring. <laughs> but I feel like I should be higher than that. And also, like in casual, the secret rank of casual, it's like I'm still seeing way too many of the grand champions and teams of free people who are trying to do all fancy shit, which you know sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Sometimes you'll get people who can do it and they'll destroy you. Yeah. And sometimes you get people who are trying to do it and they suck and they just leave their goal completely exposed all the time because they're all trying to do fancy freestyle arrows. You're just like, and, and, and just it down it, the field. And they're doing it in ranked for some reason. Well, not While in ranked. They learn it. Not in ranked. That's in oh, casual. Okay. That's in casual. Because okay. I'm not playing in, I'm playing in solo ranked, so you don't get teams. <laughs> right, sure. But then surely they're more likely to all do the crazy stuff at once if they're not. If it's solo, well, no, then, then they know not to try it. I guess they know that they need to actually. They don't. Well, it's because of the fancy stuff that teams try and do is passes. Basically, mm. they're trying to do aerial passes to each other, so they'll all be flying up to different positions where they think they're going to hit the ball to, 
which is fancy if they do it, but not doesn't. <laughs> it's bad times for them if they miss. <laughs> That's really very fancy. So yeah, there's that. I don't really remember anything else. I think there may have been some more things. Tell you what, I, uh, the bit I missed yeah. uh, on the multiplayer front, the reason why I didn't play Rocket League this week yeah. was because I got drawn into Heroes of the Storm. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm playing a MOBA. And Heroes of the Storm is a MOBA-ass MOBA, but it's not nearly as complicated as Dota or League of Legends. They've simplified it a bit. There's no items, for instance. You just get your... It's, it's Actually, the, like, the leveling structure is pretty much awesome thoughts. Mm. Which is nice, um, but uh, you know, Heroes of the Storm does a few things differently to the other MOBAs. They, uh, um, your your team gets XP equally, so your team levels up as a whole rather than individuals needing to level. So that means you can have very you, you can have very specific role. Your character, the character like, like the heroes, can have more specific roles for specific jobs. Like you can have there are heroes that are basically just dedicated to minions. Farming based, or not really dedicated, but they're very, very effective against minions. Like either the creep or the, the camps you can hire to get extra guys, extra strong creep, basically. Um, you know, they're super effective against them, so that that becomes a possibility. Um, it also means playing as a pure healing class. Um, that could be your one job for the entire match. For instance, you don't have to then go and try and farm for yourself. Um, it does very. It, it cements those roles even more than it would do, I guess, in a in the others. Not that I know much about the others. In fairness, I'm I'm theorising here, but boy, as I say, MOBAs are hard. Like it's just gonna be. It's it's hard to keep yeah. track of everything that's going on. It's hard to track to see what's happening to yourself, let alone everyone else in the team. Uh, it's hard to control. I. My my concerns about the RTS control scheme, I I, I they're, they're real they're real, real true for me. I would have way preferred it if it was some kind of direct control scheme somehow, like if I could play it on a gamepad, because it's not like you have many abilities in Heroes of the Storm. You get like um four really you can access at any one time. Uh, you get your three mains and your heroic that you get later, and you might need the ability to pull up your horse or you might need the ability to go home. And that's pretty much it, right? That Those are the controls. So it could have been mapped to a direct control scheme probably quite easily. Um, and it probably would have played better for it, I think, it, for my tastes. I think I think the, the whole mouse click control scheme is problematic. I suppose it lets you do targeting, I guess, a bit easier than it, than it would if you didn't. Like you know, some some abilities you you fire, and then you have to click on an ally, for instance, to say no, you're getting this. Um, but in the heat of a battle, that's quite tricky to pull off because you don't know quite where they're moving. You know, <laughs> everyone has to yeah. keep moving, and it's a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I I I'm not totally sold on it. It seems well put together because Blizzard. Um, but equally, it doesn't seem as well put together as something like Overwatch. Like uh, there's something about the the level of quality I see in Overwatch sort of outstrips pretty much anything else everywhere. Like it's the level it, of polish. It, yeah, and even in Heroes of the Storm, I don't get that same feel. Probably just because of 
the nature of the game, I guess. It's, it's you know, it's, those, those things always just do end up looking a bit of a mess. But it's okay, is what I'd say. And it's free at the moment. And you'll, you, you, you get the, because they're, they're technically calling it Heroes of the Storm 2.0 right now. If you play the tutorial stuff, you get 20 of the heroes for free. Because it's you know it's a, it's a free to play model, but unlike yeah. Dota and League, where you get all of the characters up front. No, no, wait, Dota's the one where you get all of the characters up front, and then League's the same, I think, where you pay for the heroes you want. Um, uh, heroes follows that latter model, where it's like you pay for the heroes you want, but they're basically, as I say, giving away a large chunk of them right now for new players. Um, so that's why we went in, and there's also a skin for Overwatch that you can only get by playing Heroes at the store. Actually, so. That's why we're doing it. It's all right. I'm having an, having an okay okay time, but as I, I did vocally say to all the people in the in the room at the time that I was playing with, it's just like, I think I'd rather be playing Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> just a general feeling. Yeah. Although I am playing generally play as Lucio in Heroes, so you know I kind of know how to play him. <laughs> <laughs> the analog is there actually right, they've, really? they've done a pretty good job of making lucio play like lucio that's quite funny uh and the same goes for zarya although she's really really hard she's in, in heroes compared to overwatch and uh i haven't got tracer so i haven't tried her out but uh again and i haven't got genji either but he seems to behave quite like how he does in overwatch as well which as in he's an ass but yeah interesting interesting game i also like the fact that they they don't do the moba thing of just having one map there's quite a few maps and they all have different strategies like there's different ways to be good at a map for instance um and i like that there's a bit more variety to it yeah yeah that's cool yeah add something Cool thing. Maybe it's your thing, but I'm not sure it's my thing. <laughs> Mobas. Maybe you should play it because it's free. You know, we could try it. It's free. You never even got into Dota though. <laughs> John well, tried no, because Dota is just—it's just a wall of hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's a wall of pain. <laughs> I, I, I know I've probably quoted this a million times before, but I tried to read a really in-depth guide to how you should start playing Dota at one point when it was at its. I suppose it, it what I guess it was at its peak. I don't Early really peak, hear about yeah. it too much now, but yeah. And the opening sentence was the first hundred hours are going to suck. Right. And I'm like, right. nope, not committing to that. No, I don't want hundred sucky hours. It's got to be fun from the start. Sorry. Yeah. It's a game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. You done then, Rob? Or? Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm extra done. <laughs> You've done part two. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, a time for the Zelda talk. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Just a bit more Zelda, but not not in tons. Like, it's going to take me a while to catch up with with Zeg's finish date, especially since it seems to have combed the map and pretty much gathered everything. What I've been doing is um, going around the areas I already know, trying to find more more shrines and things and bits that i've missed side quests and stuff it's done quite a lot of side quests recently and um found a few that i need to figure out how to do even shred there's a couple of shrine quests and quite a few um 
just standard side quests uh, that I need to figure out. So yeah, and go and trying to comb, go over areas of the map that don't seem to have that much that I've already unveiled the map for with the towers, but don't yeah. s- seem to obviously have that much there um, because you do find stuff. Although there are bits, that, even though most of the map has interest, there are bits that are much more barren than others, right? Sure, some of the you, open field areas. Yeah, exactly. Very open large and, and stuff. Like I went into one and I was like, there's these wetlands or something up the side of this map t- towards the desert, but not actually near the in the desert because there's a huge cl- wall of rock, you know, to actually get into the Gerudo area, which I haven't been in yet. But it was like, well, it's got those baobab trees or whatever they're called. Yeah, and it's like, well, there's not much here, but the, I did find a Lionel and it was a red one. So I thought, well, maybe I could take this guy. Still got my ass kicked by that guy. I was like, God damn it. Until I, I ended up jipping it, which was uh, because I, I realized I could stand in a tree and shoot arrows in its face repeatedly. Um, <laughs> yeah, the traditional player. So that way I got a Lionel bow which I suppose I can use to ta- attack the next one. Because that's what you said to do, Zeg, is like, just use we- their weapons against them. Well, not necessarily the bow, like whatever weapon they're wielding. Because the bow is like... Well, it was a big you club thing. You don't really thing. get as much chance to wield the bows against when you're fighting the vitals directly. No, I'm really bad Maybe at it. because like, if you try and stay at range, they'll also try and shoot you. <laughs> yeah, and the, the red one, I don't know, he had like Electron. I guess so they all have Electro arrows. Because all the ones I've seen, yeah, yeah, and they make you drop your stuff if you haven't got resistance, yeah, which, which is sucks. really annoying. And you're already ragdolling, but you've also dropped all your weapons that you were trying to use against them. Uh, and by the time you've picked them up, they're 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 already they're, shoot you again. Yeah, they're sm- shoot you <laughs> again, or smashing you. Yeah, so yeah, those guys are bastards. And I haven't figured out. I tried. I was like, right, I'll get a one-handed weapon, and I'll try and do this shield parry thing, but. The one-handed weapon broke in like five seconds, and then I didn't have any more. And I was like, oh, "It's okay. always the trouble. You can never have enough one-handed weapons until no. you start getting like." At a certain point, I found way too many of that one, the one like the highest tier sword, the royal sword, because I oh, guess I, I got to... to the point in the game where that was the only sword that was spawning. Essentially, oh, I need to get to that. <laughs> I don't know where to find those. I need, but, yeah, I had a royal I mainly, bow. I think, I think mainly the way to. I realized this at some point is like mainly the easiest way to get the weapons, like the regular ass weapons, just like the yeah. normal, normal iron type sword. Yeah. Yeah. You have to fight the Hinoxes because they have, they always have like oh. three of them on their necklace or whatever. So you can right. always, always get like a great sword, a sword and a, and a pole arm or something. Could you just sneak up and nick them and then leave? I think you can, yeah, theoretically. you can. Mm. But the trouble is that they always sleep on their back, so like the weapons are on top of them, and I'm not sure if you can stand on them without waking them up. I think you might be able to climb up there with the Sheikah armor and stuff. I think yeah, I did it once. So maybe I should... Good, that's a good idea, because I've been marking the Hinoxes on the map and not fighting them. Um, um... They're definitely easier than the Vitals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Anyway, at least I managed to get one eventually. But I thought, well, I might as well attack this guy because I can't find anything else of interest around here. And <laughs> um, and I ought to get a good weapon out of it. But then I don't want to lose all my weapons in the pursuit of getting one good weapon or whatever. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> Stood in a tree and shot them. Even then he could kill me with the... Because they have the 
they can shoot you with the bow directly or they when they get frustrated they have a like shoot the bow into the air and it somehow always lands right on you i've never seen that (laughs) yeah i mean it's insanely long-ranged as well i was running up a mountain to get away from him and he kept doing it um if you keep on the move he doesn't hit you but but basically it's homing effectively it's basically a homing attack from above um because you can move around and then slow down and it will then hit you. I, I'm pretty sure quite a lot of, like, even the Octorok or whatever um, things they shoot out of their face, whatever the stones or whatever, I'm yeah. pretty sure they have an element of homing to them as well. Yeah, I, I never could tell. I mean, if it's not homing, they're incredibly good at predicting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, if you're running, if you run continuously in one direction, they're guaranteed to hit you. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. You have to weave quite a bit. And this guy, even those guys are bastards. <laughs> well, the, trouble, the trouble with the Ultrox is like, it's not guaranteed to kill them when you reflect. It's like, it should automatically just, if you have your shield up and it hits the shield, it should just go back and hit them. That should be holding. <laughs> right. But it's not. No. Like you, The only way I found to like sort of improve the odds of it going back and actually hit them is like, you have to jump just as you hit, uh, just as the thing hits your shield. Like you have to jump up and let it hit your shield in midair. And for some reason, that seems to make it more likely that it will actually return to them. Right. I don't okay. know why. It's like some angle thing. Mm. I shall try that technique. Anyway, yeah. So it's good. I haven't been playing that much recently, but I just got back into it today. So. Uh, I found a I found a shrine in in a hole in the side of a giant cliff. Yep, um, which was fun. Uh, uh, but by the time I got into it, it was one of those ones that says, "Oh, well, you found it, so here's the yes, you get free stuff." Yeah, here's the free stuff. Yeah, so that's cool. I didn't realize there would be there are definitely more of those as you go on, right? The ones that you you know get rewarded just for just for making your way to it i suppose i mean that's then like the shrine quest ones i guess are mostly towards yeah. the outer edges of the map coincidentally yeah. yeah not necessarily on purpose i don't think hmm. yeah oh i need to do the one where i need to take photos of all the guardians types yeah. what are the small ones i guess they're the ones yeah the ones you fight in the shrine <laughs> oh those ones oh god okay I'm sure I can manage that. <laughs> well, those ones are like the easy ones because you can just wait for the shrines to respawn and then you can just go in there. Just go and put in the air, take a picture. Yeah. How? Nope. Nope. <laughs> There's Dan disconnect me again. Number two. I think he was just about to ask how close do you have to get? And the answer is that there's a convenient, there's a convenient icon in your camera that tells you when, the, if you're taking a picture, that like has a, if you're taking a picture that's part of a mission, it specifically shows an exclamation mark when you're taking the picture to show that you've got the thing that you need to take a picture of in the frame. Oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> so it also, it's, does that apply at all times then, if you have any quest active? Like, it would just be like, there's something of importance here. Well, if it's related to the quest, yes. <laughs> but you don't get that many of those. Right, okay. There's only a couple that need to take photos of things. Hello. Just relate to the... Yeah, yeah I don't know what this is about, but never mind. <laughs> Does this relate to the like you know the, 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 when you have to take a photo of everything, right? In, yeah. In, in, in you don't the have to. <laughs> but, but yeah, if it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, like, but, the, does it tell you? Does the camera tell you you haven't got this yet? 
Like no. Beyond Good and Evil stuff? Oh, no, well, it does, I guess. Once you get close enough to the thing that the, it shows them like a box around the thing, then mm. like if it's blue, then you've got it. If it's orange, you haven't. Oh, I see. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I remember you showed me that, actually. So you have to go around and take the pictures. But of course, I thought it was a bit dumb that they, like, it's a, it's a thing that makes sense to be like a completionist thing where it's like you take a hundred take a hundred percent of the pictures of the everything in the world and it's like right. you know it's kind of a fun side objective to be going around taking pictures of stuff sure but like there's missable things and it's just like that doesn't and then they built in a system where you can just buy the pictures you just spend rupees to fill in the gaps Right, but it's just like why? Why would you do that? Don't make the things visible. These like one-time bosses that you have to take a photo of or something. Or... Well, it's basically the Lionel, the Lionel weaponry that they wield mm. comes in three tiers, and because as you progress through the game, the the Lionels on the world map level oh, up. Oh wow! Well, right, you so don't you get the lower tiered weaponry after a certain point. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That sucks. Which was which is dumb. And kind of like ruins the feeling of getting 100% completion when you just go back and buy the yeah. last pictures because <laughs> you realize that's what's happened. There's no good way to solve that unless it just accepted. Well, there is. It, because... Unless it just accepted like the weapon of any tier. Well, there is because the, the like in the in the world there are specific Lionels that never rank up but they only wield one of the three types of weapons that they can have oh, right. and it's always that one so it could, they could have made they could have just ones. made like three of them yeah, yeah, <laughs> or something okay. okay or make that one that never levels up randomly change its weapon mm. every time you fight it or something they, they could have solved that a better way but yeah I like when I went back and purchased the last pictures I was missing, mainly I, I like I knew what the line of weapons were, and I was like, "Yeah, I've missed those because of this dumb system." But then there was like three or four other pictures where I was like, "I just don't know what's going to be in this slot." And then as soon as I bought them and it showed up in the list, I was like, "Oh, I'm just dumb." <laughs> right. <laughs> I should have taken a picture of that because that was really obvious. Can you, so can you only buy the things that are missable? No, you can buy all of them. No. If, you, if you don't want to take pictures, you can just spend a shit ton of money. Oh, that's less. That's less good. Well, it, it's to unlock them so that you can use the scanner, so you can go and find them. Right. If you don't want to have to find After them and then take a picture first. and then, <laughs> then mm, scan them. I guess. I guess it's giving you options. And you also don't get to specifically pick which picture. I don't think you pick what which category of picture, but not necessarily which exact picture. Mm. Or it'll give you one you haven't got. Yeah. Yeah. So I did originally think it might just give you a random one and then it'd be a lottery system to get the last ones you were missing, but luckily that's not the case. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it does always pick a, a useful item. U- useful, quote unquote. Yeah. So that's that. Zelda. Yeah, that's all about that. I look, I look forward to playing it, but a bit of me is at this point, like for the sake of the podcast, sort of thinking we should probably play other games, right? There's been quite a lot of games at the start of this no. year, and we haven't played any. No one else is well, playing other games. For the sake of the podcast, <laughs> you need to finish Zelda before the end of the year. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I do kind of, I, I, you know, near is is high up my list of things to play this year. You know, as a platinum game. 
yeah. seems a bit yeah. up my street. Yeah. So yeah, seems like a good choice. Not so sure about the others that have been out, like Neo and Prey, and even Persona. I don't think is really for me. <laughs> if it hasn't been up for you up to this point, it's no. probably not going to continue to be for you. No. I'm sort of intrigued by it, but the time commitment is fairly epic. Yeah. And then there's Witcher Three. Not really for this year. But yeah. <laughs> there's always Witcher Three. There's always Witcher Three hanging about. You're not going to get into loads of Dark Souls. <laughs> One, two, three. Again, I, I really don't see them being for me. I think if I, if I was going to play one, I'd probably play Bloodborne. Mm. But that's but that, again, not this year. Not, not that relevant, I guess. Um. Yeah. And and Horizon. I really want to play Horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would be up your street. I think. Yeah. Seems like it. So there's there's at least there's at least well there's three big games basically that I, that I definitely have to play this year. So because they 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 seem like they will be big candidates at our discussions. It's going to be a good year. Hmm. And then Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Vital. Yeah, I'm. I'm not so sure about that. I'm. I'm the more I see of it, the less hype I get. Mm. I'm not so sure. Something about its visual style just seems a way like a real step back, as well. That it's not as cartoony as it once was. They've replicated a lot of the effects, but done it in a sort of more real-ish look to it. A bit like, you know, I guess how Street Fighter Five is to Street Fighter Four, right? Mm, yeah. Um, they've done that to this, and I don't, I don't really, I'm not sure I appreciate it. I think I would have liked them to stay with their very high contrast style. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it it came from ridiculous pixel art again. Yeah. And they got away with it in the first 3D conversion when they made it ridiculous in 3D, but now it's like, oh, now we're just making it look modern. (laughs) A bit of me is like, it it did start thinking, actually, yeah, along those lines. It's like, what if Capcom did just make a sprite game? Well, that's long been the question about fighting games, where it's like, what if we went back to sprites? What if we went back to really high-quality sprites? Well, Skullgirls happens. Well, yeah, exactly. And that was a quality game. Well, and Atlas have been doing it for years. I guess. No, no sorry, not Atlas. Uh, Arc System Works. Yeah. Um, and there's been a couple of other variations of the idea. Like, what was that game a couple of years ago that did it where Guilty it looks Gear. 2D? Yeah. Or, or I actually really want to play that game still because that's just to see that. Yeah. I, I want to see it like and feel it because, boy, that's impressive. The The, the hybrid model. That must be so difficult to do, and get right, and get it look and that look and feel, and in a free to oh boy, yeah. Sorry, rambling. We should, <laughs> we should end this cast and get peace. Apparently, yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, stay tuned for more Factorio videos and only Factorio videos on our channel. Uh, One more weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure there'll be some other content as well. And uh, uh, we'll be a- Sonic Heroes 13 to go up next. Yeah. <laughs> the other long running series. The other yeah. long running video series. And, See, that's got uh, 13 parts. Oh, it's actually got 14, but yeah. But and we'll be back for four. another um, podcast in a couple of weeks. So we'll catch you right. that. Bye. Uh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, Rob has to wrestle himself off this incredibly comfy new couch. Oh, no, it's too comfy. comfy. Right?
Yeah. More, more comfy the longer I sat on it. I realised the benefits. <laughs> it's good to know my money is well invested. <laughs> In butts. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>